Okay, episode 149, Hotshot Scott. Italia. Italia. I don't know. Italia. Is this, the, this is not the World <laughs> Cup, is it? No. It's the European Cup. I think you're right. Yes. I don't know anything about it. I don't this. either. I just watched the end. You did? Yeah, it was pretty. Was it exciting? Who is it? Italy against uh, England? Correct. Yeah? Yeah. Who are you pulling for? Oh, I don't have any skin in that game. Although, you know, I don't think England... It's weird how much they really love... Really starting episode 149 with soccer? <laughs> will, soccer? You like? Some people are going to love it. There's like eight people listening who are going to no, love the soccer talk. Soccer fans don't listen to Unfiltered. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, that's not true. There's yeah, some soccer fans soccer. and hockey fans are probably pissed enough at Unfiltered that we don't talk enough about them, that they, oh. don't, even, they don't even tune us in from time to time. Soccer and hockey. I mean, we we talk about like you know urethras and like when are we ever going to get to soccer <laughs> and hockey? Yeah, we don't have time. We got things to so do. So was it exciting? Did you enjoy it? It was. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to get it wrong. Extra kicks or it was penal, uh, penalty kicks? I don't know. Yeah. You're asking me. Yeah, I don't know. Look at me. You're asking me. Yeah, true. Yeah. But they they each get five at the end and then yeah. they rotate back and forth. Yeah. I thought they just. Why don't they just play overtimes until somebody scores? Because they could be there until next year. Well, that's been like an ongoing debate. Let's oh, be, it'd be like doing okay. free throws at the and end, how many, in overtime, right? Who, of who went game. what for five? Uh, well, I think um, I think Italy went four for five, yeah. five and England went three for five. Uh, I was kind of rooting. It's weird how much different they, guys each kick or the yeah, same guy you, you over you gotta and over You've got to pick five, five guys. Oh. So if you miss it and the other four make it, but they end up losing, oh. it's on you, buddy. Oh, boy. That's right. That's right. Is it funny how much they love soccer in England, yet they're never good at it? Like, the, uh, like oh, in the... Uh, they're not? In the World Cup, it's always like Brazil or yeah, Argentina. Spain. Or whatever. No, Argentina. Wherever Ronaldo plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Portugal, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. They love it, yet they always suck at it. So I was yeah. kind of rooting for England to yeah. win, but our nope. pal Kenny B was oozing with Kenny Itali- B? I uh, haven't heard that name in a long time. Oozing with Italian pride because his really? family's from, oh, no really? one loves it more than him. Did so. you hear the bell ring? Does that mean That's we're done? the end of soccer. <laughs> Episode 149, Mitch Unfiltered, available on podcast apps everywhere. Subscribe and listen. And we need new five-star ratings and reviews. Please, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. On the Apple Podcast app, uh, Bex Wolf, great job. Five stars. I listened to your radio show for a while. Yeah. Was super sad when they let you go. Was so excited when I found out that you were doing a podcast. I've listened to every single one of them. I'm a patron. You guys are awesome. Thank you for the wonderful content. Keep up the great work. That was posted on the Apple Podcast site next to a one-star rating. <laughs> right, and that was before he heard the soccer talk. He's going to go back now. He's pulling that Half off. A star. <laughs> Become a patron at MitchUnfiltered.com to get all the other shows $5 a month or a one-time payment of $55 for the year if you don't want to deal with the monthly charges, the monthly $5 charges on your credit card. You get you get 12 months for the price of 11 Love it. And you get Lionel Richie, too. Filter.com. You get Lionel Richie. Yeah. Lionel Richie is a big hit, but nobody. I, I don't know that a lot of people have listened. I don't think they have. I, there was Nobody's like, listening anymore. That's well, it. Like the first ones I did, there would be a ton of comments on yeah. the Patreon. Yeah. There's like four. Yeah. And it, some yeah. of them are mine. It's real. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's really good. Did it's you really finish? Good? No, not yet. <laughs> you love it, but you can't see. It's my it. favorite. It's probably my favorite one. I just haven't gotten to the okay. last. Yeah. I'm, I'm an hour in. I'm still at We Are the World. Oh, okay. But I think it's probably my favorite one, just because I know all the music sure. and I like it. I like your little side stories. You oh, do it. You do a nice job. Thank you. I you do a nice that. job with those things. While you're at MitchUnfiltered.com, becoming a patron at $5 a month, yes. make sure that you enter the upcoming British Open Golf Pool. It's like coming it. up this weekend. I like the it. The Open Championship. I can't remember which of the courses it's on. It's not on one of the real famous Royal ones. Royal Troon. No, it's not. 
It's not Royal Truth. Ask it's me not how many Saint more Andrews. I know. It's, it's, it may be Lytham and Anne's. I don't know. I'm making that up. Our British Open golf pool is now available. You are, you are dominant in such pools. That's right. It's presented by Fireside Home Solutions. It's exactly the same way as all the other pools that we've done this year. The golf. You pick five guys. All five have to make the cut. Yep. You can pick any five guys in the tournament. If all five of your guys make the cut, lowest aggregate score wins the prize. Got it. Got it? Easy. If four of your five guys make the cut, you're out. You got to have five guys who make the cut. Unless nobody has five for Which five. has never happened. Never happened, yeah. Now, what's more likely to happen is there are probably going to be, like at the U.S. Open, several people that have the same five guys. And they all make the cut. Yeah. And they have the lowest aggregate score. So you're wondering, okay, how do you break the tie for the cash prize? Because Fireside Home Solutions puts up a cash prize, 500 bucks for the winner, That's right? Great. Yeah. So how, how do we break ties? Yeah. First one in wins. You get a time oh, stamp right. when you submit. When you pick your five guys, you get a time stamp. And so earliest in wins all ties. Right. You're not going to get $83.33. No, we're not splitting. No, no, no. No, no, we're not splitting. Time stamp. Those everyone. are the winner. And the top 20, overall, the top 20 finishers will get prizes. Love it. Right? I'm right. in. Five guys, British Open. Now, here's the one wrinkle, and you know this from competing in the golf league all these years. Oh, yeah. The British Open is not here it's over there well i was gonna say i remember waking up at like 4 a.m at a hotel room and at the mgm <laughs> to watch ernie ells f it up for me in the golf league one year <laughs> so i have memories, memories of waking up super early to watch what him you, f up what you also <laughs> may remember about the golf league the old golf league is you had to get your pick in on wednesday yeah because you can't wait till 5 30 in the morning on thursday the tournament starts Seattle time, Pacific time at like 11 p.m. Yeah. on Wednesday night. Nine so, hour difference. So everyone, yeah. for those of you that are waiting until Thursday to get your British Open picks in in the Mitch Unfiltered presented by Fireside Home Solutions British Open pool, you're going to be shit out of luck. Right. Don't get caught slipping. No. Yep. no. And by the way, 11 o'clock, I think it's 11 or 11.30 Wednesday night is the deadline to enter. And now that we know that a timestamp could potentially, well, a timestamp wins a tiebreaker. It all wins all tiebreakers. No dilly-dallying. Just go do it. No, just do it. Yeah, just go get just a Just do it. I mean, what, what more are you going to know <laughs> Wednesday than you know if you don't know anything on Monday right, right. you're not going to know anything on Wednesday that's right yeah well Nick Faldo was coming over Wednesday to give me some some tips for dinner so I have to wait that's Sir Nick Faldo oh, to you how dare I sorry yeah, it's the uh, British Open pool now available you go to MitchUnfiltered.com there's a banner across the top and you click it and I think if you've been in the previous ones there's, a, there's even easier ways MitchUnfiltered.com top banner British Open pool presented by Fireside Home Solutions great all right guests on episode 149 well last show I told you on 148 that we picked nine our favorite nine interviews from the first nearly 1,000 interviews over three years of MitchUnfiltered.com yep what did we do we did John Tesh who had great stories about Coming up with the NBA on NBC. Very self-deprecating. Yeah. Much different than you would think the John Tesh interview went. We had... And by the way, sometimes with those with people who have a big song like that, yeah. they've talked about it so much they don't really want to. But he was the opposite. Very enthusiastic. He loves talking about oh, it, which, which I love, right? right. Either he, that or he faked it, which is fine. Fine, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So we had John Tesh, which was a delightful, like, 25 minutes. We had Lavelle Moten, who talked about his experiences with police... During the the heat of the of the George Floyd problems and issues, yeah. and then we had 
um, the first one, which was a Jim McMahon telling stories from his Chicago right. Bears days. Three good ones. Telling the story about Michael Jordan wanting to play him for a million dollars on the golf course. <laughs> Jordan's insane. Like, yeah, people just walk around like with that kind of loose change. They can just bet on a golf course. I mean, Jim McMahon wasn't in a bread line or anything, but that's a lot of big chunk of change to <laughs> explain to your wife why that just went away. I mean, come on, Jordan. <laughs> uh, so those were the first three that we did in episode 148. So we've got six more to do. We're not going to do three. We're doing three new interviews on this episode 149. But in upcoming shows, we'll unveil the other the other six of the nine. On this show, we've got three new interviews. Let's start with interview number one. You shouldn't know the name Dylan Gibbons, Hotshot. Okay. He is a Florida State University starting tackle. He's actually a transfer from Notre Dame. Oh, wow. And... The only thing I'll tell you is that on July 1st, every student athlete around the country w- was allowed to, to make money on their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. So, so players, football players, basketball players, immediately started signing, scurrying, looking for opportunities to make money. Yeah. Well, Dylan Gibbons went about it a different way. He used his name, image, and likeness to make money, not for himself, but for somebody else. And his uh-huh. his story was so moving to me that I invited him on the show. He accepted, and he's going to tell the story. I don't want to tell you anything more. Okay. I want to allow, allow him to tell you what he did starting on July 1st instead of looking for appearances and autograph signings. Am I going to find myself rooting for Florida State after I hear this? I don't know that you could ever root for Florida State. <laughs> well, it says You're going to you. root for him. <laughs> okay. You're going to root enough. for him. Nice. You're going to love him. I look forward to it. It's He's impossible... And a story not to, are you sweating over there? Yeah. Are you I am. schwitzing? It's not even that it's not warm it's in here. It's not warm in here, but for no. some reason I am. It's still the Hawaii glow, I think. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Well, I have the AC cranked in my car. Man. Blasting my face. So anything you, you less got than Whitney 32. You Houston Schwitz right. Tariko Schwitz right. <laughs> I'm Patrick got. Ewing at the free God, throw line, man. All right. Guess number two along the same lines is a guy by the name of Luis Pardillo. I'm going to introduce you to him. He is the CEO of something called Dreamfield, a new company. Very interesting story. He founded a company and an app for student athletes to connect with businesses and so they can make okay. money off of their name, image, and likeness. He, it it kind of serves as the middleman so that these athletes don't get taken advantage of. The, the, less, the less direct dealings that businesses have with the athletes, the better off the athletes are. So it's essentially like their agent in a way, kind of a... A little bit. For them, they could have agents looking out too. For they could have uh, representatives too, but okay. it's looking out for them. In other words, like let's assume the quarterback of the University of Washington wants to sign autographs. If the company can talk straight to them, they might say, hey, do it for this amount. It might, might, might take advantage sure. of, of the quarterback. And if you're 1920, you feel kind of strong armed. That's and, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So this company is the middleman. And it limits the amount of interaction between the business and the player. Okay. So they're not calling the player the night before games and all that stuff, right? Right, right. right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that could go on with all of this. There is, yes. So, so I think, you'll, I think you'll, you'll find it at the very least interesting, this company that Luis Pardillo has set up. He's right? actually, I think this Luis, he's going to call you um, on my behalf later on after the show. <laughs> We're going to just, he just wants to chat a little bit just to kind of see, you know, kind of see where we are these days. Uh, I'm, if, I'm, I'm happy to do okay, so. Okay, good. Uh, and then the, uh, the third guest of episode 149 is our old buddy Steve Phillips, the former Mets GM. I wanted to have him on during the All-Star break because there's a ton of stories, including the Mariners, who just 
continue to win baseball games. I know it. Despite the game, I think, on, on Sunday as we record this. They just keep winning games. They're over 500. Logan Gilbert the other day against the Yankees. I want to get his, I want to get his impressions about that. I want to know from Steve Phillips whether he thinks that this could last, or is this just? Oh, I don't want to hear smoke and mirrors again. Do I, am I going to hear that? Can it last know. over 162 games? A uh, Logan Gilbert, the Trevor Bauer story, the Shohei Otani yeah. story, the Jacob Degrom story. A lot of interesting little tidbits from Steve Phillips, the GM of the New York Mets. Nice. Hot shot hats off to our Mitch Unfiltered partners like Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments all under one roof. Check them out. Evergreengk.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Zeke's Pizza from Tacoma to Bellingham, uniquely Northwest, the best craft beer selection anywhere and by the way you can have that favorite beer delivered to your door with a salad and some great northwest style pizza by downloading the zeke's pizza app daniel's broiler has a big problem told you last week it needs employees hiring across the board from busboys to waiters to hostesses to bartenders full-time part-time even my son max is now bussing tables if you or someone you know is looking for a job danielsbroiler.com or just stop into any of the locations daniel's broiler world-class steakhouses john waterstrat and fireside home solutions great partners and they are the title sponsor for this week's british open pool check us out mitchunfiltered.com click the banner at the top fireside home solutions is offering a cash prize to the winner the final of our major championship pools here at Mitch Unfiltered. Go to MitchUnfiltered.com, FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Saving money on your monthly mortgage made simple by Jordan Flowers and his incredible team at his Kirkland office. They are now shifting. We're going to have huge news next week on where Jordan's team will land. All you need to know for now, Jordan Flowers' phone number, you can reach him directly, 425-890-2967. One of the premier teams in the Northwest that's saving you money on your monthly mortgage, the Kirkland office and Jordan Flowers. And again, we will uncover the big news a week from now on Mitch Unfiltered. This is episode 149, and it begins right now unfiltered he was always the guy in new england who always said the right thing yeah, pretty boring. he was kind of tiger woods ish yep. didn't say anything in media didn't didn't poke fun didn't you know didn't troll anybody on social didn't have you know and now in the last like i don't know if you've seen this in the last like 12 or 18 months the super bowl drinking throwing yeah, the trophy saying shit about this guy and that guy unfiltered what seattle mariner fan is so mad at Marco Gonzalez's performance in this season where they are five games over 500 or four games over 500 that they felt the need to go to his Instagram picture of his newborn baby. I mean, that's a good question. And, and, and where, where have these guys, where have these guys been bitching the last 25 years? Mitch is unfiltered. Officially begin episode 149. Hot shot, Scott. Did you do 148? Yeah, you did 148. I do every show. How dare you? No, no, it's not, no. It's not I'm my style about to take a show you, off. When did you get back from oh, Hawaii? Yeah. Was 148 the, the yes, show? Yes, okay. I did do it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, did you hear the latest move the Sounders made? 
They got this guy. No, I'm just. <laughs> I just wanted to start another segment with soccer. <laughs> they got this guy. Let me tell you. Well, I don't know. You want me to start with a soccer story? Sure. I could actually start episode 149 with a soccer story if you want it about my ignorance. Okay. I agreed to play in a little neighborhood. The neighborhood puts together a little scramble golf tournament. Now, you don't play golf. Do you know what a scramble golf tournament is? Yeah. Everybody hits a shot. You're, you're playing as a team. Is you're, it best ball kind of? Yeah, kind of, sort of. You're playing as a, as a, as a four-man team. Okay. Each group is a four-man team. And everybody hits a shot, and then you go, you pick one, and everybody hits from there, and then you pick one. And you had four putts for birdie, and you okay. trying to, you know, it's everybody's playing as a team. And you pick and the you, best you, shot, obviously, you right? You pick the best okay. shot, and you hope that all the other teams aren't cheating. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> gotcha. uh, so in this in this neighborhood, they have this annual thing, and they ask me every single year, hey, hey, play, play in it, and for whatever reason, probably because I'm... For whatever reason, I think we know the reason. Not always. Okay. There's always sometimes there are legitimate reasons I don't play. <laughs> sometimes. Not often. <laughs> But but for whatever reason, since I moved into the neighborhood, I've yeah. never played in the neighborhood golf scramble. Okay. And we're here, you know, 74 years. That's right. Very neighborly of you. For whatever reason, there was no baseball or basketball. There was no high school baseball, no high school basketball, no American rare. Legion. It was a weekend free. Yeah. And the tournament was at Maplewood Golf Course. Do you know Maplewood Golf Course? Like I in do. Renton? Yeah. Yeah. Down the road here, yeah, yeah. I decided to play. You I did. didn't know. I didn't know who my. Who, I didn't know who my partners were going to be. They just took, they put me in a group. Okay, look at you participating uh, I, in so life. I shake the guy's hand. You know, yeah. well, hey, how you doing? I'm Mitch Lee. I know. I, I feel like I know you. Oh, I never, okay. we never met. Yada yada yada. Hey, I, what do you do for a living? Oh, I played goalie for the Sounders. See, see, come on. <laughs> Is that- Really? I was paired with a goalie from the Sounders, and I had absolutely... Can somebody warn me (laughs) not to make a fool out of myself? Sorry, how many years did you do a sports talk show in Seattle? I I can't remember. I know the name Casey Keller. Yeah, I know Casey Keller, too, yeah. I'm wondering whether if I tell you this this guy's name, you won't. No, there's no way. So don't even say it. Don't even say it. Well, no, I mean, you have to say it. He was a Sounder like in the 90s. I didn't even know that there were Sounders in the 90s. Oh, I thought he was the current goalie. No, 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 oh, no, so this no. Is, okay, so maybe no, he's an old autococker. Oh, he is, okay. Yeah, but boy, does he hit the ball a long <laughs> way. <laughs> he's a pro I, athlete, man. You know, you know how demoralizing it is? You're playing the best ball, and you got a little bit of a reputation when you go out there that you can play a little bit. Sure, yeah. And I get up there, and I strike one right. I stripe one right down the middle with a drive. Oh. And I, yeah. And this guy, like, miss hits one 20 yards by me. <laughs> he's, he's throwing his club to the ground. That <laughs> sucked. There's an old axe here. There's an old... <laughs> An old story. They could build a Walmart between my ball and his ball yeah. in the fairway. Uh. Yeah. So I didn't. What, the Sounders were around in '94, '95. I didn't even know this. I, I'm no historian. Is this a different but... iteration of the Sounders? Well, they were called the Sounders, but I don't think it was the same sort of league. I mean, there was no MSL, obviously. Yeah, but I don't were... know what I'm. I, I didn't want to ask too many questions because it would make he. Because at one point he says, "You were a sports. You're. you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it did not in look Seattle." Good. Uh, it did yeah. not look good. When I'm a kid, I had a, I had a Sounder sticker on my door when I'm like 10 or something, and somebody gave me. So yeah. I, there was a Seattle Sounders when I was a kid. Well, if anybody is listening to this that knows anything about soccer from the 90s in Seattle, yeah. the guy's name is Marcus Hanneman. Okay. Okay. And he's the world's nicest guy, and he hits the he hits the freaking golf ball yeah. forever. <laughs> and um, I played golf with him, and he was on my team, and we did nothing. So oh yeah, we did nothing. Close Even to with winning. him? No, no we. 
You got to get the ball into the hole. Oh, is that how we can all hit, hit? Yeah, you got to get the ball into the <laughs> oh, hole. Oh gosh, that's yeah. the worst part I've yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. no good. Anyway, I play and just leave it to me. What do you do for a living? It kind of reminds me of the story that my wife doesn't love me to tell, and that is in the old neighborhood before we moved into this house. She was at a park. And she was with, I think, Max, who was this big, okay. and he was running around, and somebody else was there. And uh, what's your name? I'm Sharon. Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, Mac. What's your last name? Strong. What do you do for a, uh, what do you do for a living? Yeah, I play for the Seahawks. <laughs> you heard of him? <laughs> to be fair, my wife would have the exact. Yeah. She wouldn't so know Max Strong. I, if I had the same. You know, Marcus. What do you do for? A living? <laughs> well, I used to play soccer. <laughs> but. It's also is he any good? Can somebody at least write me a write me an email? I'm sure he was. I mean, if he was sweetheart a professional of a guy, actor, very you know? nice guy, nice, very nice guy. And anyway, somebody somebody did tweet anyway. us about Cody Webster again. They said thank you for talking about Cody. Oh yeah, they sent a picture of yeah. the kid with Cody Webster. Cody's yeah. like training his kid to be yeah. a pitcher, and yeah, yeah, the kid yeah. wears Cody's number twenty. So there you go. Did Cody wear numbers numbers? Yeah, I think it was 20. twenty. Yeah, yeah. I love the Cody Webster story. I went back and watched. I wish it, I wish it were a better story in the rest of his life. See, I started watching the 30 for 30, and I stopped, it, I stopped it halfway through. Because the second half is yeah, just. it's very sad. Wait, he's like 13, 14, 15, and he's being called fat ass. And Can we get him on? I'm sure you because can. Because we had him on the morning show. I used to do a morning show on KJR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had him on the morning show when that, that documentary that you're yeah. referring to actually was on. Okay. To promote it, he came on. He was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Really nice and got into the the darkness and the sadness and how difficult it was after that. And yep. I'd love to have him on to retell the story. I'm sure we could do it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Anyway, episode 149. What could I tell you? The sun is shining. The Mariners are winning. Logan Gilbert is throwing darts. Mitch Hanniger is hitting game-winning Grand Slams home run. Grand Slam home runs. Yep. You see that? Yep. Did you see the... The Shohei home run on Friday night at, at, at no, the... No, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. It's still going. Oh, is it? Upper deck. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right? I mean, I almost hit it out of the stadium, for oh. God's sakes. Yeah. That's why he's the favorite to win it. Everything, everything's good. Uh, did you see the arrests in Denver a block from the All-Star game? Do you I, have that on your list? Yeah, I got that on my list. How scary is that? Hotel housekeeping. I don't know if people saw this over the weekend. A hotel housekeeper is cleaning a room and comes across, I don't know, a lot of a lot of weapons and ammunition. Yeah, there was, uh, let's see, huge Six, collection of guns. 16 Arc- long guns. Yeah. Body armor. Yep. A thousand rounds of ammunition. Yep. Two rooms, an eighth floor hotel room overlooking the downtown area, a block from where everybody is gathering for the all-star game and the first thing i thought what was the first thing you thought when you heard about these arrests even though they're saying by the way i guess i should point this out that they don't believe this had anything to do with the all-star game or what have you and my question is okay you're saying there's no reason to believe that the all-star game festivities were were the target my question is is there a reason to believe the all-star festivities wasn't a target right (laughs) Uh, of all the hotels yeah right there with all this ammunition I was thinking of that Las Vegas yep. deal with the country western singer and the, the concert. It was like and a big open festival. Fi- yeah, yeah, open fire from the from the window. That's, yep. Oh my God, this was this could have been a, an absolute catastrophe that was that was discovered. Yeah, I think happened. they found body armor as well. So yep. to me, that means that they're going to go down in the crowd and they're going to be expecting shots back. And yeah, that's it's scary. What, 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 what other possible explanation is a guy in a in a hotel with all this? 
with all these guns. Well, if I read it correctly, I think they also had drugs as well. Oh. So maybe they were oh, going to sell. That. Maybe they were going to sell the guns and the drugs. I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, scary, extremely stuff. scary. Now, but the, yeah, the FBI did say there's no reason to believe. I don't. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I know. Three of the four have criminal records. Not a, all the signs are pointing to oh ugliness and disaster. Is there any way Averted. That Thank you. the city of Denver would be covering this up in a weird way to keep people so people will come down and party? Yeah, of course. And, I mean, but really, the FBI of course. Is well, I don't know. I don't know if it's the city of Denver or anybody else, but they don't want panicking. Yeah, this is a very big moment for Denver. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people that that congregate over the over the course of a week you know the all-star thing is a big week yeah for denver so yeah i could imagine you know i don't think that they would lie i mean i think there, if there was imminent danger they would they wouldn't say that yeah but i don't know how they could know for sure that there was nothing bad gonna happen right. at the all-star game festivities well, i don't know how they could say that for sure especially since there were a lot of people that were really pissed off at the mlb for moving the all-star game Oh, that's right. I this don't even know. This is not that. me being political. I'm just this, saying it wasn't supposed to be there. It's supposed to be in Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, because of the the laws or yeah, something. Yeah, the, the voter laws and yeah, all that. So they yeah, moved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had forgotten that. All the flags are pointing yes. to this not was going to be ugly. Not good. Yeah. So the housekeeper A raise time bonus. <laughs> Here's two weeks in Hawaii. Go. Thank you. Your buddy DK Metcalf saw a race between. Aaron Jones and Tyreek Hill. Aaron Jones is the running back of the Green Bay Packers. You know who Tyreek Hill is. Yep. And uh, DK wants a piece of Tyreek Hill. I think that's a mistake. Do you? Yep. He tweeted, get at me next offseason. DK wants to race Tyreek Hill next offseason. I don't know if it's 40 or 100. I don't know what they want to, what they're going to race. Well, I mean, 40, it'd be like, they'd be separated by one yeah. tenth of yeah, a second. Yeah, it'd have to be 100. A little longer, yeah. 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 Now, if it's, if I'd it's, like to see that. If it's 100 meters, DK, you know, he feels like he picks up speed as he goes. Yeah. If it's shorter, I think Tyreek's going to, going to get him. I mean, Tyreek's so quick. That's the one, that's the one player in the NFL I think would get DK. But you would like guy. to see that. Yeah, of course. I, I think this Do you is, think DK Metcalf wins a 100 yard dash against Tyreek Hill? Because I don't. I think Tyreek Hill beats DK Metcalf well, I mean, in 100 yards. To be back. fair, I think Tyreek Hill beats everyone in the NFL. I mean, he looks so fast to me. He looks just like a – or maybe not John Ross, but he looks so fast. But, yeah, of course, this is leading to the superstars. We just, we're just we going to have to just bring it all back. These NFL guys want to do it. I'm in. Uh, of course. Where do I sign up for the superstars? Two-on-two basketball oh. with these NFL guys. You know, whatever. Cycling. <laughs> rowing who almost drowned in the pool Joe Frazier <laughs> he's drowning in the superstars pool oh my god oh god yeah bring it back these guys want to do it and what's wrong with Joe Frazier those guys <laughs> you choose what events you want to participate in and he chose swimming knowing he doesn't know how to swim it's insane I have a friend who bought a $45,000 <laughs> boat and can't swim like what the hell are you doing I know oh, so that's DK Metcalf he wants to face Tyreek Hill and I'm I'm betting on Tyreek Hill in a 100-yard yeah. dash. But I'd like to see it. Me too. I would like to see it. Yep. Now, a former Seahawk, whom we've talked about, Frank Clark, officially now charged with felony possession of assault weapons. Remember, he had the Uzi and the Lamborghini. And I told you back then, and I'll tell you right now, I never go out in my, my, Lamborghini, my Lamborghini without an Uzi. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see what the big deal is. Makes sense. Uh, if convicted... He's looking it up to three years, and of course, he says the gun belonged to a member of his security team. <laughs> it's not his. Okay. But he has been officially charged, and now 
we wait on the NFL and we wait on the Kansas City Chiefs, it could very well be that Frank Clark is going to miss substantial time to start the 2021 season for the Chiefs, the runners-up last year. I know a few security guards, people who do it for a living, and I don't think Uzi is part of the arsenal when you're guarding something or somebody. I don't think that gun is what they give you when you're in the security world. And if it is if it is the guard's gun, shouldn't the guard have the gun? <laughs> That's easier what to good, use. <laughs> what good is the guard's gun right. if the guard doesn't have the gun? Bullshit. There's no way. There's no way it's a security guard. That's nonsense. <laughs> oh, dear. This past weekend, Hotshot marked the American Century Golf Tournament. Okay. Ever heard of it? The American Century? It's the celebrity golf tournament where guys from all... You know, is all that Bill these, Murray? No, Bill. He doesn't. Pl- I don't know that he plays. Okay. But it's the it's a competitive tournament. Okay. Amongst celebrities, Jack Wagner plays, and he's always winning it. And uh, you know, Steph Curry and Charles okay. Barkley and all these guys from other sports. They all play. All the hockey guys are great. The kickers oh, are great. So the hockey the guys pitchers are great. are great. John Smoltz. You know, all these guys. Okay. They play in a tournament every year. A celebrity golf tournament in. Tahoe, Nevada, okay. or Nevada, I guess I should say, not Nevada, Tahoe, Nevada, and it's the biggest celebrity golf tournament of the year. It's showcased on NBC and so forth. Right. Well, there was a bet offered. There were 88 guys in the field, and there was a bet offer offered at 5-1 to one on Charles Barkley finishing in the top 70. Okay. You got 5-1 to one odds. There's 88 guys in the field. You got 5-1 to one odds. <laughs> On Charles Barkley finishing in the top 70, top 70. Of, the, of the celebrity golf tournament. So just so I'm clear, it's it's not a pro-am. It's just, just the, celebrities. Just celebrities. Gotcha, okay. Just celebrities. Top 70. He had to finish in the top 70. And the biggest bet that they got on that particular wager was a $100,000 bet at 5-1. to one. Okay. Placed by Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... <laughs> Is that even legal? I don't know. Can you bet on yourself? You can bet on yourself. That's... Why can't you bet on yourself? Oh, I love it. So would you like to know? <laughs> would you like to know whether he finished in the top 70? More than anything. Well, I just happen to have the results right here. <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> Your winner, by the way, was Vinny Del Negro. Oh, good player. He must have won in a playoff over John Smoltz. Tony Romo finished third. Annika Sorenstam, fourth. Jack Wagner, fifth. I don't know who Joe Pavelski is, sixth. I don't know. I think Marty Fish is a tennis player, tennis player, seventh. Mike Madonna, the hockey player, eighth. Steph Curry, ninth. And former defensive tackle Kyle Williams finished tenth. There were 88 people in the uh, in the field. Okay. Do you think that Charles Barkley accomplished the top 70 before I tell you, or do you think he missed it by that much? I mean, I, it's been rumor. I'm not rumor, but it's, it, people have been saying for years he has the worst swing in the history of golf. But in the but last, then he tweaked yes. it a bit and he yes. got a little better. In the last year, he's been working with a guy named Stan Utley. He doesn't have the hitch anymore. Okay. Doesn't have the stop. And people have actually been very complimentary of what Charles Barkley's been able to do with his golf swing. He plays so, enough. I think a hundred thousand at five to one. He wins five hundred grand yeah. if he finishes in the top seventy. I think he did it. He missed it by that much. Oh. He finished in the tie for seventy sixth. <laughs> That's just not good enough in he Vegas. Did not, <laughs> he did not finish last like he normally does. The guys who finished last, by the way, here are the guys who finished behind Charles Barkley. These are the guys that have the distinction. Worse than Charles Barkley, okay. and you know all of them. Justin Tuck, former defensive lineman, finished below Barkley. Doug Flutie. 
I would think that a guy like Doug yeah. Flutie should be able to play Older golf. Older guy. I don't know who Jay Demarcus is. Sean McDermott, I think, is the coach of the Bills. I don't know who Dylan Dreyer is. John O'Hurley from Seinfeld finished behind Charles Barkley. <laughs> Mitch Levy's twin brother, Ray Romano. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. Finished below Charles. 84th oh. spot. Demarcus Ware, 85th. Kevin Nealon, 86. Kevin Nealon. Yes. Hilarious. There was a withdrawal. CC Sabathia withdrawal. So we're down to 87. So the guy who finishes dead last, do you believe in miracles? Al Michaels finishes dead last. How is that? In the po- How is he not good at golf? <laughs> the guy barely works, right? I mean, it's like, what else are you doing throughout the day? He's like 70 oh, years old. He's so still poor, not good at golf. Poor Charles Barkley lost 100,000. That's an ex- How many rounds do they play? It's they just- play three rounds. Okay. Three so, rounds, and it's the modified Stableford scoring system. We don't have to go. Oh, through I that. love the modified Stableford scoring system. You don't know what the system. modified Stableford scoring system is, but just just know. I it. love some of these names that finished just ahead of him. Emmett Smith ahead of him. Vince Carter. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, the comedian. Just, sure. Char- <laughs> he finished ahead of Barkley. Charles Woodson, Sean Payton, Jimmy Rollins, Kyle Lowry, uh, the guard. A.J. Hawk, Michael Strahan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jim McMahon, our buddy Jim McMahon finished just ahead of Charles Just know it cost Charles Barkley $33,000 per 18 holes to go out and play golf. Hope you had fun. And that doesn't include what he did at the blackjack table (laughs) in Tahoe. Over three days. Remember, he comes for a practice round, so he's probably in Tahoe. Oh, yeah. Probably Tuesday night to Sunday night playing in a golf tournament. Uh, how much is that guy betting every night in the casino? That is the flight of shame home. You are just sick <laughs> to your stomach the whole way back to the studio. Uh, That's hilarious. Anyway, and while we're on the topic of golf, did you happen to see the video of the random dude walking up on the tee and taking Rory McElroy's club and his head cover away from him? Well, I have that on my list. I was going to ask you about that. But... Have, has that ever happened what? in your lifetime where a fan walks up to try to steal a club? And where was where was security? Yo, right, you should have called Frank Clark's guy. I mean, he's got an Uzi. I mean, that's the guy you well, need. No, he doesn't. Oh, Frank yeah. Clark's got the Uzi. That's true. But he, I love that he Frank didn't. Clark, security man, runs to the rescue and realizes, I don't have my gun. <laughs> right. I love that he tried to go for it, but then only got the, the cover. And then he went back to actually get the club. And too. Rory is just looking at him. I, yeah. At first, I was like, Rory must know him or something. I mean, he's not, he has no reaction to the guy taking his club out yeah. of his bag. And, and then it takes like three, I don't know how long it took. Maybe it took 30 seconds, 40 seconds for security to come and usher the guy away. Did you see when they ushered him away? The security guy was like, okay, give him his, almost like he was a kid. Okay, give Mr. McElroy <laughs> right. his club back. And he gave him his club, but he refused to give him the, the head cover. <laughs> Nope, this is mine. <laughs> and then finally said, "No, give Mr. McElroy the head cover too." And then it's it's. I don't know whether to laugh at that video yeah. or be like, "What?" Hello? I know it is kind of scary that I mean, people just have access just, to these. The guy know. walked right up on the tee right, box. Right. And Rory you can't walk right up on the tee box. <laughs> he couldn't have looked more confused. Like the whole group was yeah. like, John Rom was standing there, U.S. Open champion. Is yeah. like. What just happened? <laughs> right. And the guy's over there. When he took it, he didn't go anywhere because it's all enclosed. Yeah. So he went over to the corner and he did you see him? He put the he put the head cover down and then he was like gonna hit the head cover like the ball. Oh, he, he was. He put the head cover down and then he then he put the club in his hands. He was gonna and they're just look no one's even and finally there's somebody can we get a little security here? Yeah, yeah. And the guy. Yeah. And he you know, he's probably not dealing well. 
Well, yeah, I mean, a full day. clearly there's yeah. something going on there. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if, if, if this is happening more often or if we're just seeing it more because everyone's got cameras no every idea. day. But I have no idea. Yeah, the, the Scotland police are handling this is what I read. So, yeah, so, crazy story. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, three, uh, three interviews, three new interviews. I think you'll like the Dylan Gibbons story. Uh, I think you'll enjoy the story of the company that was founded by our second guest, and Steve Phillips is a winner no matter when he talks about baseball here on Mitch Unfiltered. That is correct. She's back. Senior financial planner Katie Versio, Evergreen Golf Call. How are you, Katie? And how are all my friends doing over at Evergreen? Uh, I'm good. We're all good. Thanks for asking and for having me today, Mitch. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm feeling okay because I've never gone three for three on one of your financial trivia contests and I'm hoping that today is the day. Do we have a theme today, Katie? Yes. So the theme is of new legislation that's recently been passed in Washington. So hopefully you've been uh, oh, researching, no. been no. studying that. No. <laughs> Go ahead. What's question number one? Number one. Okay. So Washington recently passed the Long-Term Care Trust Act, which is a new payroll tax to help fund long-term care services. According to Morningstar, what current percentage of individuals turning 65 will end up needing some kind of long-term care in their life? Is it 30%, 45, 60, or 70%? Oh, I'm going out the window right away. I'll say 60%, Katie. Oof, unfortunately, the answer is 70%. Oh. So that means the majority of those that are turning 65 today will need, whether it's nursing home care, assisted living, home health care, some kind of services as they age. I'm protesting Morningstar. Go ahead, question number two. <laughs> okay, true or false? This one's a little bit easier. You only got two options here. Oh, no. So all workers, since this is a payroll tax, all workers in Washington state are required to pay this tax. True or false? Oh. I'll say true, Katie, go ahead. Tell me Oof. it's false. Oh, Sorry. No. <laughs> it's good news for the taxpayers, not good news for uh, your record here. Oh. But there are some exceptions. If you're an independent contractor, if you are a 1099 worker, you don't have to pay this tax. If you don't want to, you can opt into it. Also, if you have a long-term care policy or you purchase one in 2021, you are able to opt out of this tax. When my parents see my report card, <laughs> going to be bad news in the Levy household. <laughs> Go ahead. Question number three. Let me see if I can save some face. Go ahead. All right. So another law that was recently passed, but is currently being debated. There's some lawsuits against this one. It's regarding capital gains. How the law stands today is there will be a flat 7% tax that's assessed to capital gains exceeding what dollar amount? Is it 50,000, 100,000, 250,000 or 300,000? Well, I'm throwing the two extremes out. I'm in the middle of 100 and 250. I'll go 100,000, Katie. Ooh, I'm sorry that you're zero for three on this one. It's actually 250,000. Really? If you are selling stocks, any other types of property, and you have gains in a given year above 250,000, as the law stands today, there will be a flat 7% tax assessed to that. Have you ever heard of going easy on the host, Katie? <laughs> you're supposed to go easy on the host. I love her anyway. She's back with us, senior financial planner, Katie Versio of Evergreen Golf Call. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen Golf Call is everything wealth. Unfiltered.
State offensive lineman Dylan Gibbons transferred from Notre Dame to Florida State this spring. His first shot at using NIL, starting a GoFundMe to get his friend Timothy Donovan to Tallahassee when the Seminoles host Notre Dame September 5th. You know, the sports world has kind of been turned upside down the last week or so, at least the college sports world. Student athletes all over the place quickly agreeing to marketing deals and autograph signings and everything in between to make money off their name, image, and likeness. We've all heard that term, those terms a million times. And then there's Dylan Gibbons, Florida State University offensive lineman, transfer from Notre Dame, whose announcement is the one that has made me smile from ear to ear ever since. And he's nice enough to join us to tell us his story now on Mitch Unfiltered. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Mitch. How you doing? I'm really, really good. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for being the man that you are. Dylan announced that his first order of NIL business was to help his friend Timothy Donovan travel to the FSU Notre Dame game September the 5th in Tallahassee. Start off with a brief synopsis of your story, Dylan, for all of our, our Mitch Unfiltered listeners that don't know your story. You're playing your fifth and sixth year of eligibility at Florida State after a, uh, a nice career at Notre Dame, correct? Yes, sir. Um, so bottom line, I was born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida. I attended a few different high schools in the area. Um, back in 2017 is when I uh, first went to Notre Dame. I uh, played there for four years and got my degree in management consulting with a minor in studio art. Um, I've done a lot of internships over the years and always try to be business-minded in my approach outside of football. But I'm very excited and very honored uh, to have a fifth year and sixth year at Florida State University. Okay, so start from the beginning. This all This all originates from your first ever game going to see Notre Dame play in 2008, you didn't realize, but there was somebody else at that game who would become very important in your life. Yes, sir. So that's Timothy Donovan. So again, uh, after we kind of made a relationship and our families got to know each other, um, after the first game I actually played at Notre Dame back in 2017, um, once we were well connected, we started kind of realizing the similarities in our life and our life paths, how they've crossed uh, multiple times. But yeah, we were actually back at that game in uh, 2008. Uh, when I think back to it, it makes me quite sad. Is that's a game where I told my dad one day I'd be running through the, that tunnel the other day? And it makes me sad to think that Timothy couldn't say the same thing to his dad. Um, but yes, that, that, that is where we met, and uh, we have a lot of similarities in between us. Syracuse versus Notre Dame. They call it the snowball game of 2008. You were how old? Um, so I was just about 12 years old. 12 years old. Uh, I was just turn, turning 11. Yeah. And you were at that game, and you turned to your dad, and you said, I want to play right here for Notre Dame. And that dream came true as you played your first game in a Notre Dame. You came out of that in that stadium 2017, right, was your first game? Yes, sir. And then after that game was when you met uh, Timothy for the first time. Tell us about that meeting. Yes, sir. So on that day in 2017, um, when I actually got to run out of the tunnel for the first time, it's one of those events, a life event I'm never going to forget in my life. Um, it's one of those things I, I look towards. It's one of those accomplishments I've made in being able to run out through that tunnel, uh, playing for Notre Dame. But one of the things people don't talk about a lot is what happens after the game. Um, you see, you have to walk back up that tunnel. So after I walked back up that tunnel, got undressed from the game, um, walked out of the locker room, um, I still had some shower sweats going. You get approached by uh, 40 or 50 kids um, and their parents 
um, all wanting uh, something from you, right? They want a t-shirt. They want the gloves that you're holding. They want something. When I was a little kid, my dad told me I had a gleam in my eye. I, I looked people in the eye, made eye contact with them, and, and shook their hand. So when I was looking for somebody to give the pair of gloves that I had, I was looking for a kid that would actually appreciate me as more than a football player, would, would appreciate me more than just a football player with a pair of gloves in his hand. So as I scanned the crowd, I was looking for a kid that just made eye contact with me. And I, I couldn't get that from the 40 or 50 kids that were surrounding me at the time. Mm-hmm. So as I was looking through the crowd, I made eye contact with Timothy Donovan. Um, bottom line is he was in a wheelchair at the time. Um, I went over to him, took a knee right next to him, and had a conversation with him. Um, I was ready to go home, go get some food, whatever it was after a game. But for some reason, I connected with him. And 20 minutes turned into 30, 30 turned to 40. It felt like two minutes had gone by. It was like two old souls uh, reconnecting. So as we had conversation and I gave my gloves and we said our farewells, um, our parents became connected. Uh, my mom, Lynn Gibbons, and his mom, uh, Paul Donovan. After that, we, we stayed connected. So he'd come up to as many home games as he could, waiting for me um, after the game just to have a conversation. Um, I'd give him my gloves after every game. He probably has a collection of, of 30 or 40 gloves at this point. <laughs> but at the same time, um, we stayed in contact. So the night I went home from my first game at Notre Dame Stadium, uh, of course I thought about the accomplishment I made of running out, out of the stadium, at running out of the tunnel for the first time. But what really stuck in my head was the experience I had with Timothy and what happened after the game. You see, a, a kid like Timothy, a lot of people don't give him the benefit of the doubt. A lot of people will have a relationship with him that will probably last a night, and then the next day they walk away in the morning. So people will take him to sporting events, take him to wonderful experiences, but the next day they they just kind of forget about him and leave him in their past. So Timothy does get a lot of support, but at the end of the day, he doesn't create a lot of meaningful relationships out of the the things that he's gone through. So I wanted to be there for him. Um, I wanted to be his friend. I wanted to support his family any way I could. So that, that's the beginning of our story, and that's how we kind of kind of became connected. Can you tell our audience about the medical condition that left Timothy in a wheelchair since birth, I'm assuming? Yeah. So he's been in a wheelchair for all of his life. Um, he has a disease called Charcot-Marie-Tooth. Um, it's a neurological disease uh, affecting the nerve endings in his feet and hands. Bottom line, he's been wheelchair-bound since he was a little kid. His mother, uh, Paula, had him while their father, Tim, was in, uh, act- actually actively deployed in the Marines. So the, when he was born, um, the nurses are actually arguing with, with Paula um, that he would struggle his whole life, um, never be able to walk and be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And uh, it was going to be a very difficult existence. Um, but Paula made her personal mission to give him the best quality of life and bring him on as many wonderful experiences as she possibly could. So from that point on, Timothy's had a, a very a very not straightforward life uh, like me or you have had. Um, he's been in and out of the hospital, 50 plus surgeries throughout his lifetime. He's 18 years old. The most latest thing that's happened with him three months ago, it was his first time in his whole life where he's been able to opt in or opt out of a surgery. Mm-hmm. He actually, uh, because he's been in a wheelchair for his whole life, you can imagine what that does to your spine. His spine was actually curving forward um, in a 90 degree bend. So his spine and his whole upper body was pressing on his lungs so much um, that the oxygen that was going through his body wasn't enough to support him, so he had to be on a ventilator. So in order to kind of uh, go back and correct that, they had to have a a spine surgery. Timothy had to decide if he wanted to have it or not. So he went ahead with it, um, decided to have it uh, to try to increase the uh, quality of his life. The day he went into the surgery, um, he had a 90-degree bend. The day he walked out, he had a 40-degree bend, and he grew five inches. 
Wow. So he's, he's had a lot of different challenges in his life and the, the whole neurological disease and his spine aren't even the start of it. He's gone through thyroid cancer. Like can you imagine having a, a kid that's gone through much, so much in his life. I'm completely in awe of him in college football. And even at Notre Dame, we threw around words like grit, but there isn't a person that I know that has gone through more in their life than Timothy Donovan. Dylan, I was really, really touched and moved by the uh, the messages you received or the message you received when you decided to transfer for your final two years out of Notre Dame to, to Tallahassee and Florida State. Describe that for us. Yes, sir. Um, so Timothy is a Dylan Gibbons fan. At the end of the day, I was worried about it um, because they have been lifelong Notre Dame fans like me and my family, how we were. Um, I was a little kid watching games and I, we went there in 2008 together. But at the end of the day, he's a Dylan Gibbons fan. So... What I've done so far with this campaign, in 24 hours, we raised $30,000 uh, with some help of some large, uh, generous donations, uh, like from Super Coffee. They donated $15,000, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and I'm, my mind's still blown that a company of, of that magnitude would want to reach out and support um, a campaign that I was running. But at the same time, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I had a conversation with Donovan yesterday, and uh, Tim- Timothy already ordered his Dylan Gibbons jersey. So we're just very excited to get him up there. So I feel bad for the Notre Dame community. Um, they're losing a fan. But at the same time, I need to thank the Notre Dame community because they, they've, they've supported this, this uh, initiative as much as the FSU community has. Um, it's been absolutely crazy to be a part of something like this where you garner support from all across college football. And that's what I'm calling the viewers of today's podcast to do. Um, it doesn't matter what team you're affiliated with. Um, this story has touched the lives of thousands of people. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm trying to give Timothy his day in the sun. A lot of people have not given Timothy that ability, but I'm spreading his message and what he's been through in his life in order to make his quality life better. So on July 1st, you, you started the campaign that you're referring to. We call it Take Timothy to Tally. That means taking Timothy to Tallahassee because on September the 5th, believe it or not, Notre Dame and Florida State are going to kick off their college football seasons and and Dylan's going to face his old team and, and Timothy uh, needs to be at that game. You wanted to raise how much money and how much money have you raised so far? The reaction has been overwhelming, Dylan. Yeah, so initially we just wanted to cover their expenses. So as you can imagine, the difficulties of getting Timothy to Tallahassee uh, from Dayton, Ohio, uh, would be kind of immense. Um, and the amount of support that he needs to go through a college football game or at least watch and be able to pay attention. So initially we were just going after $10,000 and that would have more than covered uh, all their expenses and been able to give them a little bit of change in their pocket to help offset the medical uh, costs that they've had or incurred throughout their life. But at the end of the day, I ended up getting support from GoFundMe themselves. So as a company, they reached out to me. I got on a phone call with their CMO and then a actual team that they put together for me to help market this campaign. So with support from GoFundMe and support from all of college football, Notre Dame fans, FSU fans, fans from across the nation, we were able to increase that goal to $30,000. And within 24 hours of actually starting the campaign, we raised $30,000. So within initial conversations with GoFundMe, I I was kind of suggested to move it up. Um, I I didn't necessarily want to do so right away, but we ended up moving it to $75,000. So as of now, we've hit just about $45,000 raised for the Donovan family. All of that money is going to go straight to their pockets, um, helping offset the cost of uh, the medical expenses they've incurred over the years, continuing Timothy's support. But we're just really excited to be able to give them this opportunity and being able to help them financially. 
And you could not have done this before July 1st with the rules of college athletics? No. No, so, so it does seem unfair. In certain instances, you can kind of see across college football, people getting $20,000 from a company, put up some Instagram posts and stuff like that. That's a questionable thing. Like, you'd be like, are, are you sure a college football can, player can do that? This is one of those instances of helping people out and genuinely being a nice human being where it doesn't make much sense uh, where a ruling like that would be in place, stopping me from being able to support this campaign. Um, but as you can see, the tremendous success of this campaign so far the amount of lost opportunity that's been caused over the years uh, by the NCAA and other people and other, other states that things that have been in place that have not allowed this is just something to be thought about. Definitely, definitely food for thought. Mm. But at the same time, I, I'm very excited about the, the amount of traction this campaign has gotten on GoFundMe. Um, I'm very excited to see how far we can take this thing. And how do you get there? How do we get to the GoFundMe page? What do we do? So there's a few different ways you can do it. Um, you could include it in the description of this podcast. But another very easy thing to do is looking up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is Gibbons Dylan, G-I-B-B-O-N-S, and then Dylan, D-I-L-L-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the link in my description inside my Twitter, um, you can click on it and go ahead and donate. Uh, GoFundMe has recently also added PayPal to their platform um, just to make it easier for people to donate. So I really appreciate if, if any help. One thing you need to know, um, this is something that I hope will impact some of the, the listeners of this podcast, is that Mrs. Donovan reads and responds to every single donation or every single tweet that's about Timothy. That's lovely. Timothy sees every single tweet. He is fixated to his phone. He can't, he can't operate his hands. He, he, he can't physically scroll and interact with people the way he, he would like to be able to. But Mrs. Donovan, Paula, she goes through and reads the posts and the articles and the shares um, and is tremendously just overwhelmed by the amount of support that Timothy's gotten so far. I hope to give Timothy his day in the sun because he really deserves it. Well, he's getting his day in the sun for sure because he'll be there on September the 5th when Florida State faces off against Notre Dame and Dylan Gibbons is on the offensive line against his former mates and we'll also link on our Twitter and our podcast pages to the GoFundMe page and we'll help in our own small way out here in the Pacific Northwest. You are an angel, Dylan. Before you go... I'd love to get your thoughts because you're kind of a business school guy. You're a you're an MBA guy. What do you think of the new rules? July first, your teammates have already started. Many of your teammates started taking advantage of the opportunities. And how do you think this will change the hot pursuit of great high school players in college football? A lot of us college football fans are worried that this is going to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. How do you feel about this, Dylan? You see, I'll give you an opinion um, just based off what's going on with my team right now. What I've started for Timothy and the amount of traction that it's garnered, I believe should be a lesson to a lot of college athletes um, about how doing good, promote your own brand, but at the same time, helping people out, right? So you can make a radical impact on somebody's life outside yourself. Um, I've played college football for four years and I haven't been paid for my name image like this. And I, I've been perfectly fine been able to make connections with people that will help me get a job outside of football and will help me later on in life. So I don't necessarily think making money now is crucial, but at the same time, I do believe people need to be more educated about how they, they should be using a name and likeness or the impact it's going to have on their career. So at the same time, with all that being said, uh, my mission is at Florida State Football to try to keep the, the eye out of team, right? Trying to keep it um, from individualizing players in the locker room, from someone rolling up in a Lamborghini to the practice field. I just, I don't feel like that's the right move, but at the same time, I'm going to 
continue to support my guys. I'm going to try to help and, and mend some of those things that I know are going to pop up by just trying to, to spread awareness and trying to help people out at the same time. So those, those are my two cents, and I hope you take it for what it is. The Twitter of Dylan Gibbons is at Gibbons Dylan, G-I-B-B-O-N-S-D-I-L-L-A-N. You will meet Timothy. You will see his message, his video message, which is as moving as anything that you'll see all year. Uh, it's hard not to root now for Florida State. I know we're all the way out here in the University of Washington land, Dylan, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a fan of yours. I'll be a fan of yours. I'll be watching you every step of the way, whether it's the NFL or it's business that you get into next. We'll be rooting for you. You're an angel, and I really appreciate you hey. spreading the word and sharing your time with us here on Mitch Unfiltered. So much thanks here, Dylan. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, too. I, I really need to thank you as a person and for having this platform that you're using for good. Um, I'm trying to garner as much support as I possibly can for the Donovan family. Uh, I'm not done with this. I have football obligations that I'm taking care of. I'm learning the new offense, all those good things. Uh-huh. But at the same time, if, if you or any of the viewers have any way that they can contribute to this, I'd really appreciate it. Whether it be connections or people I should reach out to, um, I'm just trying to get this in front of as many people as I can to let them hear the story. And I, I think it really speaks for itself. All the best, Dylan. You're the best. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Hey, hey, let's catch up again with Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza. Dan, our family's back going out to restaurants. It seems like there's a wait everywhere we go. How's Zeke's Pizza doing? You feeling the hustle and bustle? Hey, Mitch. Yeah, we're the same. We're busy. We get busier by the day. People are happy to be coming out of COVID. They're going out and eating everywhere. And so, yeah, we're like most places. It's great to be opening up and we're busy. And you told us about the new location in Bellingham which opened Memorial Day weekend. How are the early returns, and what's next to pop up for Zeke's Pizza? Uh, It's been great up there. We talked about it before. We thought Bellingham was really going to embrace Zeke's. They have. It's been busy up there since we've opened, so it's been super fun. Uh, And then Seward Park and Mill Creek are the next two coming. Seward Park and Mill Creek would be locations number what? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm losing track myself. 20 and 21. (laughs) No, you're not. 20 (laughs) and 21. And is there a beer, a summer beer for the Black family? Of course, the members of the Black family that are of age and a summertime pizza that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, there is. We actually have a great beer with an interesting backstory. We have a lot of great women entrepreneurs in the Zeke system and Five of our franchise owners are women, and they actually got together and made a beer with Black Raven Brewing out of Redmond. Uh, So we have this really great, crushable summer lager called Stellar's J. That's what I've been drinking. And then uh, our summer seasonal pies will start rolling out mid-July, so that's what we'll be ordering. Look, if you're a fan of Mitch Unfiltered and you like these podcasts and you'd like these podcasts to continue for a long, long time, and it's pizza or beer, great beer that you're craving, go to one of the great Zeke's locations, soon to be 21, or download the Zeke's Pizza app because Zeke's Pizza is homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Breaking news, the Supreme Court has just issued a ruling on the NCAA and compensation for college athletes. The high court has ruled the NCAA was violating antitrust law by capping what student athletes can receive by way of education-related gifts and benefits. You know, on July 1st, the world of college sports changed forever, probably. Student athletes are scurrying to sign marketing deals, take advantage of opportunities to make some money. A group down in Orlando 
led by our next guest, positioned itself to launch a new company that coincided with these rules changes. It's called Dreamfield, and its CEO, Louis Pardillo, is with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Hi, Louis. Hey, how are you? It's good to have you on Mitch Unfiltered. You called it compassionate capitalism. That's the term you've used to describe Dreamfield. Explain what you guys are doing and what the Dreamfield app is all about. Yeah, so we use that term because what we feel that we're doing is a safe and compliant way that's fundamentally right in helping these young men and women generate income for themselves off of their success on the field. And so there's a right way to do things, and that way is providing these athletes an opportunity to connect with the right businesses for opportunities, whether it's a promotional event, an autograph session, speaking opportunities, and we allow them to keep 100% of that money in the athlete community. We don't take a dollar from their fees. Uh, we charge a separate platform fee to the businesses to allow them to, to transact. And then everything in between is done on our platform from the agreements, collecting and remitting of sales tax, providing tax documentations at the end of the year, and then, of course, uh, running all deals through compliance offices to make sure that uh, their eligibility isn't scrutinized. So how does it work specifically? You, you do the deal, you do a deal with the companies and then the athletes sign on to the app, something like that? Uh, similar, but not quite. We are actually agnostic. We're not part of the transactions themselves. So businesses create uh, an account on our site. Okay. They then go through and select from the different athletes available and they make a request. They select the day, the time, the range of time, um, as well as the type of opportunity and location. The athlete will then receive that request. Uh, they'll verify that it fits within their schedule and they'll also verify that it's a brand they wanna be associated with. Uh -huh. And then it's, it's up to them to accept or decline. Assuming they accept this deal, uh, our system automatically generates an agreement uh, for both parties to review and sign. Once again, assuming that both parties sign, we at that moment collect payment from the business, hold it through our third party uh, provider, which is Stripe. And the event is at that point booked. The agreement is sent over to compliance to review if there is any issue. Yeah. At that point, the agreement becomes null and void per, per our, our terms of service and everything in the contract. Uh, but assuming that it's good to go, uh, the event happens. Once it's done, uh, the payment then flows into the athlete's mobile wallet uh, through our app. Interesting. Lewis, uh, I think it was Forrest Gump who said, I'm not a very bright man or I'm not a very smart man. Uh, I'll use the same thing. But what, what it feels to me like that you're doing is you're limiting the interaction between the companies and the young men and women to prevent them from being taken advantage of. That is our goal. Uh, we even limit the communications uh, for the actual events themselves. And a lot of that has to do with the feedback that we receive from two of our partners who are student athletes who have told us that they're very weary of business owners uh, using the opportunity for booking to constantly communicate with them for non 
uh, event right. uh, reasons, just as fanatics. So we try to limit that communication between the athlete and the businesses, and we handle that uh, directly through our operations team. And these two partners that you have are current college football players, the, the quarterback at FSU and the quarterback at Miami? That is correct. It's uh, De'Aaron King from Miami and Mackenzie Milton from Florida State. And what roles are they playing? So they are our lead ambassadors. They are the face of our company. Uh, they also were pivotal in the creation of the process flow, the user interface. So the way the uh, the app looks like, um, you know, they, they had a hand in, in the aesthetic uh, and, and really just helping us understand the psyche of the student athlete and what's important to them. So a, a key thing that they were critical on that we did was ensure that the athlete has the right to name their price and not allow the businesses to take that power out of their hands. And so our platform allows the athlete to determine what their value is. And of course, ultimately the market is going to determine if they're marketable at that rate, but at least we allow the athlete to have that sense of empowerment. And that's really important for, for what we're doing. There's no negotiation. The, the kids decide how much they're going to charge. But how do they figure that out? And who do they go to? They don't go to you guys. And if they start asking the wrong people, that puts them in jeopardy of being hoodwinked again, right? Yeah, so uh, that's, that's a, the million-dollar question of what their market rate is because – we are entering a brand new industry where there is no precedence of what market rate is. And so our platform is agnostic in that we also allow athletes that have representation to use our platform. And so they could always seek out guidance from uh, family, friends, from marketing representatives that they may be working with, as well as agents, depending on the state, if they allow that. We are working on a future enhancement that will allow an athlete to determine if they want to accept offers that come in. And so that should be rolling out in the next 30 days or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, some athletes are hard set on what their value is. Uh, Mackenzie Milton is a great example. He knows his value. He's comfortable with it. And if he gets booked at that rate, great. If not, he's okay with it as well. Other athletes are very unsure. So we're going to be rolling out that optionality for them to, we're calling it make me a deal. And uh, they'll be able to allow businesses to suggest a price. With the FSU quarterback and the Miami quarterback, Lewis, are you guys more regionalized down in Florida and the Southeast? Or are you expanding throughout the country? We are nationwide. We started in Florida because Florida up until two months ago was the only state that was ready to go live July 1st, 2021. And of course, the dominoes started happening uh, right around February, March March time period when Mississippi became the second. And then I believe it was Alabama. I may be off on on what the third state was, but it started it started going state by state. So we started planning around expanding uh, nationally as a startup. We obviously are somewhat constrained in our reach. So we are looking at market by market where athlete clusters are signing up for our account to support those markets individually. The $64,000 question, or in this case, more than that, I guess there's two questions that all of us have. Do you have a best guess, Lewis, as to what what's out there in terms of dollars for, let's say, the top football and basketball players in the country, and more importantly, to the fans like me, the impact that all of this is going to have on recruiting? 
has every fan holding their collective breath. Are we destined to end up in a situation where the great high school players are choosing schools primarily based on earning potential? I think there's going to be a little bit of that, but I don't think the fear is going to match the reality. I think you're going to see in smaller markets or or schools that may not be perceived as power five, they all seem to have groups of uh, companies or or boosters that are very supportive of the athletics, uh, willing to to interact with these athletes for promotional opportunities, uh, whether it be here in my hometown in Orlando, UCF is not perceived as one of the power five, but there are a lot of national corporations based in Orlando that are excited about becoming part of the community by, by having some of these local athletes represent them. So I think you're going to see a lot more parity than people realize. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our part to make sure that transactions are legitimate on the up and up. And there, there aren't the, uh, now what we're calling the virtual bag men running yeah. transactions through yeah. our platform. And, and then go back to the first question, which is let's assume I win the Heisman trophy. I win the Heisman trophy as a sophomore. Or I win the Heisman trophy as a junior. And I decide to come back and play one more year of college football. I don't know how often that happens. I guess the Heisman <laughs> trophy winner probably goes to the NFL more than anything else, but you understand the question. I'm now the biggest name in the sport and I decide to come back. Any, any grasp at all what's out there for me, dollars and cents wise, Lewis? I, I can't put an actual quantifiable number, but it's going to be significant. I, if, if you're winning a Heisman Trophy, you're looking at national brand collaborations, whether it's the Nikes of the world. Of course, that's dependent on uh, the school contracts w- with uh, apparel or it may be a Gatorade. There's going to be endless opportunities to seven collaborate. Figures? I would say definitely seven. Really? Figures. So I could yeah. come back to school. This is unbelievable. I, I have to weigh my options. I can come back to school and try to win a national championship and, and be able to make seven figures by bypassing the NFL draft. So there's the, there's the consideration. How about, how about the belief that there are opportunities for the non-revenue sports participants? I'm a, I'm a UW, I'm a University of Washington softball player, Lewis. I'm a, I'm a UW volleyball player. Uh, I play field hockey for Syracuse. Uh, lacrosse what what are my opportunities are there going to be genuine uh, opportunities for these young uh, student athletes to make some money you think absolutely so you have to look at nil as more than just the ambassador and endorsement world there there's everything from youtube content that now athletes are allowed to participate in and, and receive ad dollars there's also youth camps and clinics which are very big nationwide, you know, across every college town. I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the quote unquote non-revenue sports athletes to participate in those opportunities. And I mean, we even see in the case of the, the, those two, I believe they're the calendar twins. I, yes, I may have gotten their right. last name. Basketball players. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, female basketball players inking, huge deals. And a lot of that is based on their social media followers. So, right. uh, th- there's, there's Olivia Dunn who's down in an LSU gymnast who probably will be one of the most successful, uh, athletes in this space. And so that's gymnastics, not football, not men's basketball. There's going to be great opportunities across the board. It's just, there needs to be a creative way 
to find those avenues. Uh, it, it could be the local endorsement, your local subway shop wanting to partner with an offensive lineman eating a, you know, a, yeah. you know, a foot long sub. Sure, it, it, there, sure. there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Sure. Before you go, Lewis, help me get my arms around NFTs. We've done segments on this. I'm just too old to get it. Uh, I'm more of the uh, of the generation of, of trading cards and, bi- and bicycle wheel spikes. You just did one, I think, with the Miami quarterback or the FSU quarterback. I don't I don't remember which one. Uh, what, what, what kind of space? Uh, get, uh, define that space and whether these things are going to be successful. And how'd you do trying to sell? What was it? Twenty four of the Florida State's NFTs in the last week. Yeah, so we ended up uh, deciding to only sell four, and they're still right now available for auction. They're doing fairly well. All I believe all of them that are for sale were, were over $500 okay. worth of, of value. So okay. there's definitely a market. Uh, we're holding the other 20 during the season uh, when it's a little bit more topical for athletes to, to sell their uh, memorabilia. But essentially what they are is digital art. And, and uh, not, not to get too technical, but the, these pieces of art are put on a blockchain. So they're they're authenticated Mm -hmm. and uh that that's absolutely critical in regards to scarcity they're not just a digital file they're they're recorded they're stored they're unique and uh they they're essentially the future of trading cards that's how we view it and you think that uh the college scene will will jump in feet first i think early on we're going to see the fintech crowd be interested in these collectibles but as the industry matures and as more sports fans accept uh, this new crypto space, I think we're going to see a lot of the average sports collector be interested in collecting some of these these NFT items. Well, it's also interesting. A lot of it's over my head, but it's fascinating stuff. And it's a new world, a new college athletic world that we live in. He's CEO Louis Pardio of Dreamfield in Orlando, uh, helping connect student-athletes to money-making opportunities. Lewis, thank you so much for joining us on Mitch Unfiltered. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate being here. You know, July is an exciting month for so many reasons. The world continues its surge back to normalcy. Restaurants in the Pacific Northwest returning to full capacity. So here's Daniel's CEO, Lindsay Schwartz. Lindsay, what can you tell us about Daniel's broiler? Yeah, Mitch, we're super excited to be at 100% capacity finally. The summertime's always a great time of year for us, so, so it's a really exciting time. Now we just need more people to come to work. Now that we've got the expanded <laughs> demand, we need, we need more team members. Now hold on a second. I hear you have a, a new all-star busboy at the Bellevue location named Movie Mogul Max. How's he doing? And tell us a little bit about, more importantly, the positions that you have available and how people go about applying for those positions. Yeah, you know, Max is doing a, a great job, and everybody likes him, which is surprising, <laughs> you know, based on who his dad is. But, uh, yeah, he's doing great. And, yeah, we need more hardworking people like him out there. We've got lots of opportunities at every location, whatever people want to do. There's jobs in the kitchen, front of house, servers, bartenders, bussers, front desk. So really, it's anything. And and we've got part-time, full-time, looking for people who just want to come and uh, get some shifts during the summer or make a career with us. Anything goes right now. Danielsbroiler.com. And tell us about the old-fashioned mixer on Amazon. How's that doing? And I understand there's maybe an expansion of sorts. 
Yeah, it's been amazing the success that we've had with the old-fashioned mixer on Amazon these past few months. And uh, we're launching three more varieties, a whiskey nice. sour, a Kentucky mule, a lavender martini. Those should all be up on Amazon any minute if they're not already. And uh, also you'll be able to now find them on the shelves at all of the QFC stores. Okay, so great news from Daniel's Broiler. And they are looking to hire for all positions, full-time and part-time positions. Go to danielsbroiler.com and click the employment tab. We love Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Hey, look who we've captured again on Mitch Unfiltered. Fireside Home Solutions owner John Waterstrat off the golf course and the fishing boat to chat fireplaces and garage doors. How's everyone doing, John? Hi, Mitch. Doing great. Again, as I've said before, we've been super blessed to be in this market and uh, be in the building and retail industry, and our customers continue to bless us with lots of businesses. Uh, again, just working through delays that manufacturers might have, but we think good communication and then having some patience, uh, we can get a lot of these things installed for people. It's funny, John, you think of fireplace conversations as wintertime discussions, but the truth is, like with us here at the house, it's now, right, that you start the planning process to change the look and feel of your home for fall and winter. Yeah, I think it's the great time. Depending on the kind of project you're doing, it takes a little while to make some selections. You know, we come out to your house like we've talked about before. Yep. You come into the showroom. So there are times that go along there. So if we can be patient again, like we were talking about, uh, we can look at stuff. We take our time to really pick out the things that we need to. We'll help guide you and make sure you make the right selection. But it does. It takes the pressure off of getting it done in the fall. Boom. When that first winter day or that fall day comes, you have that nice warm fire fireplace in your home people who listen to unfiltered know that a few years ago you guys also jumped in the garage doors business how's it going tell us about that arm of your of your work it's doing great as well uh it's very very busy in that industry it's a little bit different most garage doors are steel so the steel index has gone up so the pricing has been a little bit more variable we just moved our puyallup location to a sumner location so we could stock more for our customers to make sure we can keep those lead times down fantastic start your shopping whether it's a new indoor or outdoor fireplace or new garage doors you got to start your shopping with an amazingly loyal supporter of us here on Mitch Unfiltered, Fireside Home Solutions, and FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Unfiltered. Go ahead, run at third. Base is loaded, two outs, bottom eight. All-star break time. Major League Baseball need to catch up on a flurry of stories. I love having our next guest, former Mets GM Steve Phillips with us. The primary baseball voice, Sirius XM Stadium Sports. He's on in Canada. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Mets. Good to be with you. It's good to have you back. I, I look at the M's roster and injuries, and I'm baffled how they've done it. Well over 500, right in the mix at the All-Star break. No Kyle Lewis. Marco Gonzalez, when he's been healthy, has been one of the worst pitchers in the American League. Justice Sheffield has been a disappointment, and yet Kalnick was, been a, was a flop the first time around, and yet here we are. How do you explain it, Steve? I mean, it's baseball, right? Baseball happens, and, and I think what happens is when you have a strong bullpen, 
that can make a big difference. And, and, and give the Mariners credit. Their bullpen has done a really nice job. Also, Kikuchi has pitched out of his mind. Uh, you know, he's pitching like Marco Gonzalez is, and Marco yeah. Gonzalez is pitching like Kikuchi. <laughs> uh, and, and Chris Flexen, after a start where I thought, yeah, I, I, he is who I thought he was, he's actually much better than I thought he was. He's done a really nice job uh, for them. But the bullpen's done a terrific job. Paul Seawald's been terrific, and, and, and Kendall Graben now back healthy. He's been up. I mean, I did not anticipate when he first was a major leaguer that he'd end up a closer like this and, and as good as he's been. And so, uh, you know, you're getting a nice blend of surprises with some predictable performances. And, and you know, the, listen, the, the Kyle Seekers of the world are getting it done and, and uh, you know, some surprises from some of the younger other players on the roster. All that said, does it have staying power? Steve. No, no, I, I just don't think so. I, you know, I think that that August separates the men from the boys, yeah. and there's still a lot of boys right now on the Mariners roster. Now, it it feels like it's one of those years where everything happened a year earlier than was anticipated, and that's a great thing because you can close your eyes and dream. Now, here's the thing: I don't necessarily believe. But it sure feels like they believe. And that's all it takes. So, you know, I think Scott Service has done a terrific job. And a lot of the players they've acquired over the time from Jerry DePoto with the deals that he's made, guys have, have really started to blossom. And I think there's a lot of hope for upside. I just don't know that it's all going to come together in the second half. Look, they're in a really tough division. The Astros and the A's are both better teams. And maybe it leaves open the second wild card for them with the, National, with the American League East beating each other up. But I'm just not buying that this is going to be the year. Okay. You and I haven't visited since the Kelnick thing. That couldn't have gone worse, at least at the start, from Kevin Mather to the debut to the 0 for 39 or whatever it was and the demotion back to Tacoma. You've seen this a million times. What should Mariners believe about Jared Kelnick, Steve? Yeah, he's still going to be a not just a good player. He's going to be a great player. But what's happened is we've all been so fooled by the success of other young players. You know, we've created an expectation that is unreasonable for young stud prospects. The, the Rays fans are going through it with Wander Franco right now. And, and, and just as Kelnick, you know, got, came up, didn't live up to it. And, and what happens is, you know, a lot of times when a player's struggling, when he goes to a new place, either a new team or he goes to the minor leagues, he gets that fresh start. Or he goes on the injured list and he comes off and he does and he feels like he's getting a fresh start. For for a guy who's tearing up the minor leagues and he comes to the big leagues, he looks at the scoreboard and says, Wait, what happened to all my numbers? Like they're gone. I'm starting at zero 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 again. And then it's like I've got to get that first hit. I've got to get that first hit. I've got to get the first home run. I've got to get hits. I've got to get hits. I've got to live up to expectations. And that's a lot for young guys. And so this used to be much more common where young guys would come up, they'd struggle. Willie Mays, I think, started out like one for 35 or something in his career. And look at the, the career he put together. So there's no shame in having to go back to the minor leagues. And I think the next time Kelnick comes up, there'll be less hoopla. There'll be less sort of stress, and he'll be able to just come up and play. And, and he started from a point of different expectations, which I think will be better for him. So I, I think just stay calm. He's still going to be a great player. 
Don't worry about it. It doesn't mean that, that Julio Rodriguez isn't going to be a great player, too, because if Kalnick's not great, then maybe they're, <laughs> they're selling us yep. a bill of goods on all of it. It's just this is what happens sometimes with young players, and you have to live with it. The only difference between big leaguers and minor leaguers is consistency. It's not that they can hit it farther, throw it harder. And so I still think that the young players are going to be really good in Seattle. Do we worry if Kelnick struggles the next time, whenever that is after the All-Star break? No, I still don't okay. think so. Okay. Yeah, I still don't think so. Okay. I think like, we're not all wrong on him. Uh, you know, what he's done to this point at the minor league level is translatable at the big league level. Okay. Uh, far better than what this is. And so if, if it happens again, then he'll get a fresh start again. And then if it's not this year, it'll be next year. So, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. underwhelmed a little bit, now better than Kelnick early on in his career. But what he's doing this year, it's got leaps and bounds better than it was. And it's just a matter of growing up and maturing at the major league level. Hey, Steve, on the night that Kelnick made his major league debut, the starting pitcher that night was another guy who flew a little under the radar because of Kelnick's mass appeal. And that was Logan Gilbert. Well, just the other day against the Yankees, and he's been improving start after start. He really wowed us. He had a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Have you seen him pitch yet? I don't want to throw a curveball at you, but if you've seen him pitch, and if you have, what do you think of Gilbert? Does he look like a top-line, top-of-the-rotation starter at some point? Well, he certainly has the stuff to become that, right? And, and you know, he's going to have to grow into the pitchability, but when you start looking at the numbers, a .97 whip. So he, which means walks and hits per yep. innings pitched are yep. below one. And that is a phenomenal number, right? The less traffic you have on the bases, the less crooked numbers are going to be put up on the scoreboard. And so uh, I really do like him. I think he's gaining more confidence and conviction with his pitches. Uh, his fastball is electric, and he seems to be able to locate that. You know, the, the secondary stuff just needs the command of it just needs to keep coming. But he's growing in confidence every time out there. He looked better. He looks better. You know, just even his posture is better every time he goes out there. I think that game against the Yankees was a real boost for him. Uh, and for other, you know, for the rest of the team, they're like, wait a minute, hey, like what we thought this guy is, he actually is showing us that right out of the gate. And so there's a lot to be excited about, and he's got a chance to be a solid front end of the rotation starter. Clearly the story of the year in baseball, Steve, is Shohei Otani. He's going to take center stage at the All-Star Game and in the Home Run Derby. Did you ever think, you and I are about the same age, we grew up on baseball in the, uh, in the 70s and a little bit in the 80s. Did we ever think we were going to see such a, such a situation, a guy who's able to do it uh, both on the mound and in the batter's box? Not at all. I, I, I mean, you know, and, he, and here people keep want to do Babe Ruth comparisons to him. Babe Ruth never did what Shohei Otani's doing. Babe Ruth was, with the Red Sox, almost exclusively a pitcher who hit some. When he went to the Yankees, he made five starts in his career as a member for the Yankees. Uh, you know, he was a hitter for the Yankees. And Babe Ruth even said, and I think it was 1918 uh, or 19, he said, you know, I, I can do this this year, but there's no way I could sustain what it's going to take physically, let alone emotionally or mentally doing this to do both. And so uh, I, it's absolutely unbelievable what he's doing. At times for me, he looks a little uncomfortable on the mound where it takes him some time and a start to get settled in. 
He's always comfortable at the plate. He's comfortable on the bases. It's absolutely phenomenal what he's doing. We're talking about exit velocities as a hitter, you know, distance on home runs as a hitter. We're talking about swing and miss stuff as a pitcher, throwing 100 miles per hour. Quite honestly, he's a freak of nature. You know, we should all really just celebrate what we're experiencing. I don't know if he'll be able to do this for years because of the toll that it takes, but man, it is pretty special this year. Is there a more clear definition of most valuable player than a guy who can do both of those things as well as he, he he's a he's a force to be reckoned with at the plate every night and then every fifth day you you fear like you can't hit him. I mean, what what could be more valuable than that, Steve? Yeah, I, it's you're right. And yet my heart goes out to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who has a legitimate chance to win a triple crown. We're thinking he's going to get dwarfed in the in the uh, MVP voting because of what Otani's doing. Now Otani, part of you know his his value is what he's doing with home runs right now, and he's ahead of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. by several home runs at this point. But you know I have to believe that Otani will cool off a little bit in the second half just because of the rigors of what he's trying to do, and that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who cooled off a bit, will get hot again. I think it's going to be a great race for the MVP. But I think at this stage, it's hard to, to give it to anybody but Shohei Otani. The DeGrom story was right there with Otani until a couple of recent human performances on the hill. When he was going the way he was going, and maybe he'll get back to that with a little break during the All-Star break. When was the last time we saw, you have to go back to Dwight Gooden, when was the last time we saw a pitcher as dominant on the hill every five days as Jacob DeGrom? Yeah, so Pedro Martinez, I guess, in 99 was pretty special. Uh, Dwight Gooden, but, I mean, to this level, we're going back to Bob Gibson in the year of the pitcher, in the year that he put together in 68. And so, uh, you know, I think that, that what DeGrom has done is fantastic, but even what he's done, you know, I think the first 15 starts, Bob Gibson had 43 more innings pitched and threw 11 complete games. And so even DeGrom's not doing what Bob, Bob Gibson did. The game's changed a lot. And But strikeouts, DeGrom is well past him. They pitched more contact back then. But you know, we're, Jacob DeGrom is as overpowering a pitcher as you're ever going to see. I mean, guys ran into it. His bad day was guys hit two solo home runs. Mm -hmm. You know, he left one out over the plate, but but they don't get any other hits against him other than that. So he is, you know, and, and he's on a Hall of Fame pace. He's a late bloomer, but nobody in the Hall of Fame averaged 100 miles per hour with his fastball, which is where he's been for a good part of this season. Mm -hmm. His slider is 92 or harder than that. He's yeah. got a great changeup, a great feel for it. He throws strikes. He fields his position. And, oh, by the way, he can hit. Yeah. Like he's he is I mean, he's the entire package. And and you can make a case that we've never seen anything like him. And I just pray he stays healthy so we can get the full effect of what he can be the second half of the season. Steve, the first half of the major league baseball season was not without a black eye. We've got the Trevor Bauer thing kind of hanging above us during the all-star break. Really one of the great pitchers in the last five years in Major League Baseball. What's to do with this, and, and how's this going to play out? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's on administrative leave, which are a week, a week at a time, and you're going to see that just continue to get extended. 
until baseball does their investigation. And and I got to tell you that you know baseball has not ever thought that in order to suspend a player, that player does not have to have charges pressed against him, filed against him, that that they'll interview the participants. And if they believe there was inappropriate behavior, they will then suspend him. I have to say, I, you know, look, we don't know. We got to let it play out. Everything is alleged and he certainly should get his due process to see what, where it goes. But if what we're reading and what we're seeing is true, I don't think he pitches anymore this year, which is a it's far more important than baseball. But from a baseball perspective, it's a major blow to the Dodgers. Last thing for Steve Phillips, the former GM of the Mets. You and I grew up in a time where there were few sports events, Steve, that were as exciting as the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It was phenomenal in the 70s. The greats couldn't wait to play. We couldn't wait to watch them. They played hard. They cared. It was awesome. But those days are gone, aren't they? Nobody oh, really yeah. – they don't really want to play that much anymore. Guys are backing out. And I guess I guess this is my old man get off my lawn comment. It's, it's, it's sad where the All-Star game has gone and what it's become. It, it is, and, and I'm with you. I, as a kid, loved the All-Star game. The introductions, oh, right? To be able to yes. see the play, right? Tip their hats and yes. who took their hat off? Who just tipped their hat? Who just uh, nodded? It was the best because we didn't always get to put faces to names as much as we wanted. And I lived in Detroit, the American League town, and we didn't have interleague play back then. So we didn't really see the National League guys. And, yeah. and so it, it's different. I was at the 1971 All-Star game at Tiger Stadium in Detroit. When Reggie Jackson, I was yep. sitting in the upper deck in right field when Reggie hit it out of the stadium, hit the light standard uh, above the stadium. Uh, and it was the All-Star game. Vital Blue had had the great season. He started. It was the game that had the most Hall of Famers in it. Hank Aaron hit a home run in the game. It was just a phenomenal. I mean, I, you know, and the thing was, I was in second grade and I was supposed to go to free bat day on the, at the <laughs> that weekend. And I came down with chicken pox on the last day of school <laughs> and I couldn't go to free bat day so my brothers went they took a friend in my place they got my bat but my dad got tickets to the all-star oh. game two of them and my, and i got to go to the all-star game and my brothers oh. they got chicken pox <laughs> they were watching the all-star game and i i went to one of the most historic all-star games ever Amazing. with reggie jackson out there and i'll never forget it oh. that just my favorite all-star game moment oh amazing amazing stuff but uh those days, I think, are long gone. Hey, Steve Phillips, uh, listen to him on Sirius XM. See him on Stadium Sports. He's also on in Canada, and he's been great to us for so many years. Have a great All-Star break. Let's catch up later in the season, okay, Steve? Terrific, Mitch. My pleasure. It's time that we talk saving money with my buddy Jordan Flowers. How are you, Jordan? Mitch, I am doing great. I am still trying to track you down to win someone money back from <laughs> golf last year. We'll do it. Do I have to call you J-Flo on the golf course, or can I call you Jordan? Yeah, you know, J-Flo's just going to pump me up. <laughs> you better be careful. What are rates these days on 30-year fixed? Yeah, rates are still, we're quoting out in the high twos, low threes on 30-year fixed rates right now. So depending on if you're looking to do a cash-out refinance or a straight rate and term refinance, you're still being able to capitalize on historically low interest rates. Good time to buy a house in the Pacific Northwest? 
Always a great time to buy. Certainly has its challenges for our buyers, but it's still a great time to buy and we're helping a lot of people buy homes right now, even with as little as zero to 3% down. We've got some tricks up our sleeve that help our buyers win in competitive situations. So always a great time to look at it. So if I'm considering a refinance, how do I know when the right time is to call you guys? If I look at my 30 year fix that I'm involved in right now, and I see, let's say 3.7%. Can I save money yeah. by calling you? Absolutely, 100%. You could be looking at saving money on a new 30-year, getting in the high twos, low threes, or shortening the payoff time frame that you have on it and say going to a 20-year fixed or something. So certainly mid to high threes, you should be looking at refinancing and taking advantage of these low rates for right. as long as they're here. What's the time investment? How long do I have to talk to Jordan? How long do I have to talk to JFlow? to find out how much money I can save. You can talk to JFlow for as little as five to seven minutes okay. or as long as you'd like to chat. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Flowers and his Kirkland office mortgage team. 425-890-2957. Unfiltered. Episode 149, Other Stuff segment. You want to kick it off, Hot Shots guy? You never asked if I listened to the, the last episode. Well, I assumed that you did. Oh, you did? Oh, well. Are we talking to the Peace Show now? Yeah, it was we, the yeah. Peace Show. Where I asked you the trivia question. I you asked did. everybody the trivia question. And I didn't give the answer. You had to listen You had to listen further on to get yeah. the answer to the question. And the question was, uh, I guess Jeff Bezos stepped away officially from his CEO role at Amazon. And I told you on the Peace Show that if you had invested $10,000 in Amazon stock on the day that it opened, mm -hmm. the day that it was made available in 1997, and you held said stock until now, that $10,000 worth of stock would be worth $18 million. Yep. And then I told you that would be the second best performing stock since May of 1997. That would not make it the number one stock. There's actually a stock that's outperformed it. It's crazy. Where if you... If you invested $10,000 in the other stock on 90, in 97 on that same day, while Amazon's 10000 would be worth $18 million, this one would be worth $33 million. It's crazy. And I asked you if you had any idea, if you wanted to take a guess at what company stock actually outperformed Amazon. The idea is that everyone's going to guess Apple, right. Microsoft. Yeah. You're going to guess those Facebook types of... Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah Facebook. Yeah. But, but it's, not, it's none of the above. And then I said to you... My guess is is that you have been a consumer, a consumer of this stock. <laughs> yeah, just a guess. I don't yeah, know yeah. whether you have or haven't. I've I've never. And 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 the answer is, I have not. However, ever. Well, that's stunning to me. Well, listen, the last five years, I've sort of taken sugar out of my life. Yeah. But before that, before I care what I put in my body, and I was walking around the earth at three hundred pounds for fifteen years. Yeah. I put a consume anything in sight yeah I, I did enjoy red bull energy drinks and i did enjoy rockstar for whatever reason i just miss monster i don't know why so is it rockstar a monster product oh maybe it is oh, I, I, don't don't know. Know. I, I don't know i don't know that industry well I, okay. th I thought maybe rockstar was an it was a monster product so in, in my 20s vodka red bull was my go-to in the bars really my go-to i don't even know what that stuff tastes like like i've never even sipped on a red bull or i'm assuming that these are just what, what, what it's not, an energy drink I know it's an energy yeah. drink. I know it's loaded with caffeine. It keeps you up. It gets you water. They have sugar. They have sugar. But I don't even yeah. know what it tastes like. What, 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 just because it's an energy drink doesn't tell me what it tastes yeah, like. Yeah, it's hard to explain. So the answer, just yeah, you know, we're getting ahead of the cart yeah. ahead of the horse. The answer to the question is the only stock that's outperformed Amazon since 1997. Yeah, 
is Monster Beverages. It's crazy. $10,000 of Monster Beverage stock in May of 97 is worth $33 million today. <laughs> in 1998. $33 million. I'm sitting in the production studio at KJR with uh, Chad Douglas, friend of ours. Yeah, sure. And somebody brought in some Red Bulls. I'd never heard of it. And they were like, oh, this is the, big, the next big thing. It's going to be huge. And I tried it. And I was like, ugh. What did I, it taste like? It, it's like a bad candy. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. I don't know. Sugary sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. got a really weird yeah. kind of a sour flavor. I don't yeah, know. Anyway, yeah. I remember thinking, oh, this will be a bust. I mean, look at my instincts for business. <laughs> this will be a bust. Uh, no one's ever going to drink this nonsense. Smash cut to Red Bull just like taking over the world. And Monster, obviously, too, and Rockstar and all those drinks. People so what happens, love it. What happens to you when you drink a Red Bull? Well, it's like same with coffee, you know. I, I, I've never had. Oh yeah, yeah. Who I'm talking to. Yeah, Tuesdays with. More so what happens? Yeah. Well, like, it, like you feel jittery, you feel awake, you feel aware. Yeah, all what of those. Ha- what happens? Yeah, like wake, kind of wakes you up a little bit. It's funny, and I don't know if it was, whether it was Marcus Hanneman, my my soccer, my goalie friend, my new goalie friend in the golf tournament the other day, but somebody when we made the turn at nine and we all got a, a soft drink. Some of us didn't get soft drinks. I got a soft drink. Okay. But one of the guys in our group got a monster oh. beverage. One of these, and it was gigantic. They're huge, yeah. And, and it, like, I said, hey, I got a trivia question for you. <laughs> Look at you participating in conversation That's with right. strangers. Said, yeah. They weren't patrons, so they didn't. I, I hadn't ruined the, the question yet, they, and, I, and I gave them the question. One of the greatest trips in the history of my life, I don't know that I'll do better, was a free radio trip that, that I got to go on. Really? It was incredible. It was pre-9-11, or like right around like 2001. Yeah. Remember when radio used to have money, and everyone had money, and it was amazing? But I'm, I'm not sure it ever really had money. Okay, well, they pretended. It was a fake. Yeah. So Universal Studios flew me and a co-worker, friend of mine from high school, me and a, oh. me and a co-worker yeah. from the radio station yeah. flew us down to L.A., Limo to the hotel. We Get stayed out of here. We stayed at the Mondrian, which is across from the comedy store. It's oh like an Ian God. Schrager hotel, you know. The Mondrian. It's, they had the Sky Bar where they would have like Oscar after party. It was incredible. Who was paying for this Universal this Studios to promote a straight to DVD movie called Boogeyman? Like not even a theatrical release. It was the greatest. Not Boogie Nights, no, Boogie it was, Men. It was a collection of like the top 20 horror movie villains. Okay. So it's perfect for me. Okay. Uh, Rob said, this is, go, love it. Yeah. Like I interviewed Freddy Krueger. I got pictures oh. with Jason from Friday. So you Friday. had to work a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it never got played on the air. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I pretended to interview people. <laughs> My point is, oh. and, and then you get a, they would give you $100 a day per diem. They just give you cash. Just, I know, it's the greatest weekend of my life. So <laughs> we went and just pigged out on sushi. And then we had these girls, you know, in the room, like they want to go out. And me and my friend Matt are like, oh, I'm dying. I'm, he's like, I have an idea. Let's, I've heard about this vodka Red Bull. We, we should try a couple. So we got some to the room. I was back in business in like 20 minutes. Forget so, the nap. I'm ready to go. It was awesome. It just woke so, you right up. So you put alcohol with it and it changes the dynamic or it doesn't? No, it, it does what alcohol does to people, which... A lot of people enjoy that yeah. effect, yeah. but then it also pumps you up too. Like we oh, weren't tired Jesus. anymore. Like forget it. Jesus. We're going out. We're, where's the sky bar? Okay. We're in. So you're saying you were at one point a consumer of that genre yes. of drink, energy drink, just sure. maybe not monster. Exactly okay. right. Yeah, and I I I figured it was all monster. Maybe I'm wrong about. Yeah, that. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. No, there's a bunch of. It's a huge market. Should I try it? Uh, I don't is know. Is it too late? Is 54 too late to try a monster <laughs> beverage? Well, like the Gras told me about smoking, you're never too old to start. So, no, you're never too old to start trying energy drinks. <laughs> Have you ever thought about uh, when you're like 85, just trying heroin or something? Like, eh, what's the point? Well, I haven't gotten there yet, but give me some time. Well, have you thought about, like, I mean, at no. that point, like, well, no. why not? Right? No. Why not try everything? 
At 85 or like, you know, when you're getting up there and like, how many years do I really have left? Why not? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you might not be able to see it at that point. What do you mean? See well, it? your eyes will. You <laughs> can't see anything. Okay, fair enough. Okay, where is it? Is it over here? <laughs> so yeah, you maybe I'll bring one in next show and you can I'll pour a little in the cup for you. Just give it a taste. I'm scared of all that stuff, putting that stuff in my body. Oh, you are? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know why I've never tried it. A Red Bull. Everybody in the world drinks Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people love them. Yeah, yeah. but you, no, not you do have to be careful I, not, not to bring the whole show down, but I did hear a story about a kid that chugged a couple and then like died from it because oh, his heart yeah, started I, racing. Yeah, I don't need to do it. Probably the last thing you needed to hear right yeah. there was that story. But <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring some in. You can just try a little bit next show. Okay. All right. You got any other stuff over there? Oh, boy, Besides do Besides the fact that you, you have not tried a monster beverage since I 1997. Yeah. Okay. All the right. Nigerian men's basketball team, you following this, the USA had a warm-up. And, and lost against Nigeria. Oh, geez. Known for their, although this Nigerian team, I think, had six NBA players on it. Um, was Ni- Akeem Olajuwon on it? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He the Nigerian nightmare. Oh, he was. Yes. Okay, so he was. He was eligible for the Nigerian team. But I always thought it was weird that at some point he played for the U.S. in the Olympics because he got his citizenship. I, I didn't even know what did he? Play? Yeah, yeah. In '96, he wasn't on the the team. I think he was on the second one, maybe. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of unfair. Patrick Ewing was on the first team, wasn't he? Yes, he was on the dream team, yeah. yeah. David Robinson was on that first team, wasn't he? Yeah, but what, David Robinson wasn't born in the United States? I'm saying because... Yeah, I would have think Akeem Olajuwon would be... A, I mean, he was as good as any of those Oh, guys. I see. Yeah, but he's yeah. Nigerian. At that, I don't know if he was at a that, citizen. Okay, at that point, yeah. he wasn't eligible. I just thought it was okay. weird. If, if I'm from know. Nigeria, you're taking our one good player? The U.S. has plenty. What do you need him for? Anyway, Nigeria made 23-pointers and stunned the U.S. 90-87 to on Saturday at a pre-Olympic exhibition game in Las Vegas. Just another reason why Mitch says let the college players play in it. But, so they can lose worse? So they, so we don't, we at least have an excuse that, well, we didn't play our, our, our top. <laughs> now we're playing our top-notch players and they're losing well, not really i mean you could name five players that aren't playing hey, but the one picture 20. i saw i can name 20. yeah exactly one picture i saw was somebody from nigeria dunking and who's who's down below watching it kevin love of course the what one the guy hell? why is he even on the team <laughs> i don't know by the way nine years after losing to the u.s by 83 points Nigeria lost to the U.S. by 83 in 2012. They beat them. Let the college kids play. Yeah. It's just a warm-up. I'm sure I it'll be know, fine. I but it's uh, – come on. There's a story about the college kids beating the dream team in that scrimmage in San Diego as well in a warm-up. All so, right. Am I but, up? But, but I, one more quick, okay, quick yes, Olympic note. note. Yes, an Olympic note. So the women's team was announced for the USA. Yeah. And your Seattle Storm have, have three. three. I'm going to guess who they are. Stewie. Yes. Um, Jewel. Correct. And Susie. Susie Q. Crazy that she's on it at 40. I mean, no, that's... No, no. She's the best point guard in the world. What? Still? I don't know. But I, I just... I'm dying to she know... She just it. had like her 3,000th assist, didn't she? Or 30,000th assist? I'm dying to know if she's going to start. Is she really going to start at 40? Oh, you got to start her. You got to start you her. start her, right? Yeah. In fact, the women have been more dominant than the men over the past like 20 years. They've lost like Is Onyescu on the team? Well, that's very controversial. Really? I was just Ionescu asking because she's not. the only other... She's, she's not, not on, on it. No. How about the uh, UW star that no. went in the W? What's Kelsey her name? Plum. No nah. good. She's no good. Well, she's not bad, she, but she's not one a, of the top twelve she, in the world. Is she a bust? Is she Tony Mandrich? She's a bust. I don't think Tony Mandrich. Closer to Todd Marinovich <laughs> than Tony Mandrich. No, I don't know. No, she's she's okay. She, she's she's good. But yeah, how about that? So, and Diana Taurasi's thirty nine. She's on it too. So be fun to watch them. Yeah, the, the reason Diana Taurasi's on it at thirty nine is 
Everybody was scared to tell her she's not. <laughs> That's right. You don't mess with her. She may pull. Who knows? She might pull. She might pull a gun she's, on you. She yeah. might just hit you in the nose and the in the. Yeah. yeah. You don't she mess knows? with Diana. No. Yeah. So there you go. Who wants to tell Diana she didn't make the team? <laughs> oh, I'm not. She'll be 55. Right, just put her on. Yeah, exactly. Just put her on. No one will know. Uh, it's my turn. Sure. Yeah. What do I want to do? Do you um. Do you follow the whole space thing? I, I, I kind of feel a little embarrassed and ashamed to bring this up, but I am not at all interested or paying attention <laughs> to the whole um, Richard Branson. Like, I got up on Sunday to watch Wimbledon. I actually got up to watch Novak Djokovic, who's on my list to talk about. Okay. And that's early in the morning, our time on Sunday. And I got up to watch it, and I used to think that I used to always think that Wimbledon was on NBC. It was it was a tradition that NBC did. I, they don't do Wimbledon anymore. I don't know if you know this. No, you, I don't. But you don't watch. It's ESPN now. Everything's ESPN. Okay. It's not NBC. But when I put on NBC to look for Wimbledon, to look for Novak Djokovic, I got a special NBC News live presentation, like breaking news, and they were showing a, a virgin something, Galactica. Yeah, that's Branson's of Richard company. Branson. Yeah, yeah well, that's Richard Branson. And he was go. I think he was going up. I don't think they were coming. I think he was going up to the to the heavens. Yeah, it was like a test run or something. I, and I, I didn't like, dig in either. And at that very moment, I was like, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I don't know what the hell's going on. I know that Bezos wants to go up, and Brand- all these billionaires want to go well, up. The but Tesla I don't know. guy too, uh, Elon Musk. But Elon-, Elon Musk is like a Branson guy. Yeah. They're buddies. Yeah. Hey, I don't know. It, I don't know what's going on. I hate to be crude, but it you does it does sound like a, a wiener measuring contest. I mean, let's just the richest who can get up there first. It just, I don't know. There's something about it that's kind of annoying me. So you don't know what Richard Branson did on Sunday? He may have gone up to, uh, 50 miles from the surface. I remember. The Earth's surface is considered outer space. I don't know. I remember reading I no that it, it was it was like a test run, but I, I don't know okay. if he so really count. went up. It's like spring training. It doesn't count. Yeah. 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 It's just like, yeah. I don't think it was. I can find it if you want me to. You find realize it. that people are lined up, from what I can tell, to spend like. I don't know if it's two hundred and fifty or five hundred thousand dollars a ticket to go up. Like, like individual people are ready to spend that kind of money, and yet, if they came to me, and they said, "Not only do you not have to pay five hundred thousand dollars to go up, we'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right. to go up," I wouldn't go. I would not take five hundred thousand to go up. Yeah, I don't think I would either. I'd be too scared. I, I, I don't think. I, as much as I'd love five hundred thousand dollars, I, I, I don't think you could pay me enough money to go up. I'd be, I'd be petrified. There's times I'll get on the freeway and it'll be a big round on ramp and it'll be high up in the air and I'll yeah. kind of look down and get like a little queasy. <laughs> on an on ramp, okay, I'm getting old and heights are getting to me. I, you I could not go. pay me to go up either. I, just, I don't want to go. I don't need it. I don't want to go. You know, one time. How I, long are they up there? Days? Is there a hotel up yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Room service? You know, some people like oh, no. love the space program. I'm just, I, I don't, you know, when I did the show with Gas, I used to ho- yeah. co-host a sports radio show on, on KJR. Did you know? I don't know if you remember. Did you know? yeah. Some call it like the best show in the history of KJR, but I don't know if that, some say it. I mean, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but, um, and I remember talking to Gas about NASA and the space program and all that. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he is someone who like really gets moved by it. Oh, he does, and loves See, I it. I don't know anything about that. Now he's a little older, so maybe he, you know he might remember. Older. He might remember like the first, you know 1969 on the you know he. Yeah. So, for, but for there's a lot of people it really like moves of, them. Yes, but I'm not one of them. Uh, there's a ton of people because they they're willing to spend five hundred thousand dollars to go up. Yeah. 
So I, what I have here is that Branson and company, they successfully reached... You the, get miles? <laughs> that'd be nice if you did. <laughs> You'd fly for free for the rest of your life, wouldn't you? But I, I guess they successfully reached the zero gravity of suborbital space, whatever that means. So Richard you, Branson did. Yeah, universe released from the, the mothership. America guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was smooth, and the crew enjoyed a few minutes of floating around the cabin. So it was like a test run to get up to that. Okay. You know, I zero, thought I'd bring it up. Zero gravity. I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. It's not my thing either. Okay. Bill Cosby now knows there's at least one place his return to stand-up comedy won't take him. One of New York City's most popular venues for comics is called the Comedy Cellar. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's in New York City's Greenwich Village. It's nope. like a big-time club. Nope. They're saying no thank you. Owner Noam Dorman said his venue's not the slightest bit interested, and he doesn't want Bill to even step foot inside his club. So inter- interesting to see if other clubs then follow suit. Where the hell is he going to perform? Is it going to be safe for him to step on a stage? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, better, better hope that the guy from Denver is not in the yeah, audience. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, Jeez. yeah, no, I, you're right, though. I mean, I don't know. Can he really step on a stage? If I were him, I'd go quietly into the night. I he's mean, not doing that, though. He's right. Well, he can write a book. Yeah. It's not dangerous to write a book. What does he have to he prove He could be a part point. of a Netflix special or some sort of a special. That wouldn't be so dangerous. But going well, out in public and, and actually performing on stage and running and having the wrong person in the audience. Yep. Somebody whose life was changed That's right. or whose family's member life was changed yep. by, by abuse or assault. I don't know that I would do that if I were him. Well, this might, this I might, don't know that I would recommend that if I were him. This might kick off all the clubs coming together saying, no, you, okay. you're, it's not happening. So it'll be interesting to see if he can even get a venue for, do you know the name Zayla avant-garde? Zayla Avant-Garde. I do Zayla not. Zayla Avant-Garde. You need to look up the story of Zayla Avant-Garde. Okay. She's 14 years old. She's from Harvey, Louisiana. All right. She is the new, newly crowned, newly minted crowned spelling bee champion. I think I saw this, yes. And boy, can she ball. Oh. She's unlike any spelling bee champion in the history of spelling bee competitions. Okay. There are videos making the rounds of her working out on the basketball court. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she's she's a number one overall WNBA future superstar. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I she, kid you not. When you see this video, you're going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. 14 years old and the spelling bee champion, like brilliant, off the, off the yeah. world, brilliant, and incredible with a basketball in her hands. Incredible. Not, not typically what you think of when you think of the spelling bee champ. No. Great athlete. No. No. Yeah, it doesn't no. go hand in hand typically, no. does it? <laughs> in fact, they could spell everything, and then you ask them basketball, and they can't They can't come up with it. <laughs> right. Horse, they can't get. <laughs> All right. A woman in Zhejiang province in eastern China was arrested by police after she ran 49 red lights. Now, why the hell would she run 49 red lights? What, what was she trying to prove? They weren't timed very good. I can tell you that. No. Going down the downtown she, avenue. I can tell you she purposefully ran 49 red lights. Had to go to the bathroom. It is not that. Uh, was about to deliver a baby. Her ex-boyfriend broke up with her. Yes. And she he was took, chasing her. She took his car. Yeah. To accumulate 49 red light Doesn't tickets. work that way, does it? <laughs> I don't know. It's They just snap a picture of the license plate, so I think it, they all go to well, him. at some point, somebody's going to pull you over and... 
He's not going to be driving. Yeah, correct? well, the police said the woman broke traffic rules 50 times in two days, including running a red light 49 times and once for speeding. Be a lot easier <laughs> to grab his credit card and go yeah. go buy things. Well, that's a felony. You got to be careful with that. But I, I but this isn't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love it. I okay. think it's insanely creative. Right. Good for All her. Right. <laughs> Sad news to report from the world of the NFL. Do you remember tight end of the San Francisco 49ers, Greg Clark? We got an RIP here. Greg Clark? Greg Clark. No. He was a tight end. Uh, he's 49. He was 49 years oh. old. Died unexpectedly. Ugh. No cause has been given, but the family cites CTE Ugh. as a contributing factor, which leads people to believe that he took his own life at the age of 49. Yeah. Former San Francisco 49er tight end Greg Clark. I'm 47. That doesn't sound good to me. 49. Yes. And again, another example of what the NFL and what football is doing to, to people and the rest of their lives. Yeah. How many of these things do we have to have before we raise our hands and say, I give. we got to do something about this. Right. Maybe they are doing something about it, but very sad news. And yet when, sad. when Sunday comes around this fall, we're all in. We're cheering like it's the greatest thing we ever saw and in our we life. We want hard hits. That's right. Kill him. Yes. Knock his head off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. He shouldn't get 15 yards for that. That was nothing. <laughs> That's a clean hit. That's a clean hit. <laughs> yeah. Right. God. Did we talk about the Michigan Fairgoers on or off the air? I can't remember. We talked about it off the air because okay. I have a guest for 149P this gotcha. coming week. Okay. That was there for the incident and taking video of the incident. Yeah, yes. we, we could just wait then on that. No, tell the story. It's a really it's a good promotional device. Crazy story. So some Michigan Fairgoers jumped $5. into action as a packed carnival ride was seconds from tipping over. It's pretty clear that the folks earned themselves some free cotton candy for this one. Yeah. The video of the terrifying incident shows the magic carpet ride in full swing. Now, so I'm sure everyone can picture this ride. It's or a, a version of it. Exactly. So yeah. it's essentially like a picture, like a small grandstand of like three rows and it goes up. It swings. It, yeah, it swings like in a up circular and down motion. down and fast. Yeah, you and don't go forward. down and yeah. down and fast. Yeah, so it, nearby patrons were look, looking, wondering what to do as this thing was starting to yes. tip. Tip. And it was cracking the plastic fiberglass. It was stuff. coming right out of the ground. Yeah. And it, every time it went up, it would tip backwards. And by the way, there was a river right behind it, which you may not know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That if it tipped over, bad. it goes right into the river. And then you're buckled in. and the whole oh, thing. Oh, God. So, so a yeah. catastrophe is about to happen because it's come off the ground, essentially. And there's video. You can you yeah. can hear the passengers yelling for help. Right. So one person didn't know what to do. He just jumped on the front of it as if his, you know, 180 pounds is going to help. Correct. There was a there was a railing in the front where onlookers or people waiting to be the next person on the ride would typically stand. And he jumped on that thing with 175 pounds and yeah. started pulling. Of course, he's not going to be able to do anything. Right. But then 30 people joined him. Yep. And it was like... It was like they may they may have I I guess we'll never know whether it would have tipped over or not but yeah. it it sure looks from the video that these 30 people may have saved the people's lives in the in the uh, in the ride, the I magic agree. carpet ride, as you pointed, it looked like it, it made a difference, good. but it looked like those guys jumping on helped. Are you a a ride guy like a <sighs> like a what do we call that? What are they called? Like like fair type rides or like yeah, Disneyland? But what do they call those rides? Like um, there's a word, there's an expression for them. Um. Explain what you're talking about. Like rides in general or ones that go around? Thriller. Thriller ride. No, oh, not like, thriller. Like thrill rides or? Thrill rides. Thrill rides. Are you a thrill ride guy? I, I am. You like the roller coaster go upside down. Yeah. You like the, the elevator that drops oh, 100 floors. I love that. California Adventure. Amazing. So you do all those things. Although I, I will say the elevator one specifically at California Adventure, I could have done been one and done on where my wife wanted to keep doing it. 
I could have been one and done, but I, I feel a little better at like the, the amusement parks yeah. as opposed to the guys who were selling meth 10 minutes earlier, <laughs> putting together these rides and hopefully they got all the cotter pins on the right places. You know what I mean? I would have been one and done in the elevator ride for a different reason entirely. <laughs> okay. Because I would have had a heart attack. Did you go in it? No. I would've, oh. I'm afraid I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh, really? I look at these rides. I stand on the street level and I look up and I go, okay, do I want to go on that? What are the chances? Is it 33% that my heart's going to stop? Oh, yeah. I mean, you are. Do I really want to die on, well, see, a, on an amusement ride? You don't. But when I was 300 pounds, I did worry about my heart. From no, time you didn't. To, no, I remember telling my wife, I'm going to play basketball for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Please keep your phone by when they call you and say they had to resuscitate me. Because <laughs> I was worried. Like, I'm, you know, you start thinking yeah. about that shit when you get older. Well. But these, yeah. So I, I do well, like. Basketball is one thing. Uh, an upside down roller coaster yeah. is another. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't need to fall out. I don't need to be on this thing that's tipping over and going into the river. Yeah. My daughter went on that exact ride at the old Salmon Days on Issaquah like three or four years ago. They the just, one in the video? Yeah, they just set yeah. up in a parking lot at like a Staples or something. And I know. And she went no, on it and loved thank it. thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. The, the traveling ones sketch me out a little more than like the ones that get inspected every day at Disneyland and all that. But yeah, the older I get, the less I like it. But. I don't know that I don't go on those rides because I don't think that they're safe in terms of their soundness or the okay. way that i think I, i'm telling you i'm worried about what my body heart, is going yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. yeah. No. so what is it you say you do for fun these days you're out on it's a small world i'll <laughs> okay. go on that one but i was worried that my heart was going to stop on that one too that's right from the from the boringness of it is what i was oh, afraid of it's fantastic adult film actress mary carey norwell bailing on her latest attempt to become california's governor oh She's already, she says she just didn't have enough I'm time sorry, to get her Mary. affairs in order to officially enter the race. Get her affairs in order? That's right. Something yeah. she feels was impossible because Mary Carey. Gavin Newsom shortened the deadlines for recall candidates. Okay. And uh, she felt like this was a good time to pull out. I'm done. Was that, do you want that? You want? <laughs> you see Conor McGregor? You see him fight over the Does weekend? Does that count? <laughs> you see Conor McGregor fight over the weekend? You know him. You don't, you don't care for Conor McGregor. Something about him rubs me the wrong way. He's insanely arrogant. He's like the most arrogant. Remember, person. I told you he bought the, he bought the the, the pub. Didn't oh he buy, yeah, just so just to not let the other guy right. go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in a fight with somebody in a pub. He knew it was the guy's favorite place to hang out. Yeah. So he went in and he bought the pub and then said, "You can't come in." <laughs> yeah. Just to say he couldn't come in. He like threw a chair at a bus window yeah, or something. He's got a real problem. Well, he fought over <laughs> he the weekend. Got a real problem. Yeah. Oh, you didn't you didn't see anything about no, this? No, no. Okay, it's no. the first round against... Oh, a- yeah, he got a broken leg. Oh. He hurt his leg. Hurt it. He hurt his polky. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Yeah, he snapped his leg in the ring. The it's- guy snapped it? No, he snapped it himself. He, like, went... He, just- he snapped it himself? He-, he went back and just planted? Yeah. And it, like, it maybe... Like Joe Theismann-like? Like, yeah. Not quite Tyler as Lockett, gruesome, blood but, on the field? but bad, yeah. Really? Really I'm bad. sorry to hear that. Broke that I don't his wish leg on. in the... Fr- Are you a guy who likes to look at those videos no, or no? No, no, yeah. but I'll look. <laughs> Some people love that... I don't I love can't. it, but I but I I look really. Oh yeah, I've seen a lot of them. I, I like saw it. the still, and I kind of wish I hadn't, but I haven't. I, I won't watch the video. I I, I don't need. So it. it's like a compound fracture. Yeah, it's bad. It's really Ooh, bad. I don't wish yeah. that on Conor McGregor, even though I don't like him. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So he uh yeah. he lost. Needless to say, did we talk about Michael Avenatti? I think we did on the last. Did we? Did we mention he was on my list for the P show? He was on my list too. He's a wholesome fella, isn't he? <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. I, I don't I'm know. I'm a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I don't know that we got to it. Anyway, okay. Michael Avenatti was the lawyer. Two and a half years. For Stormy Daniels. That's how people may know who he is. Yes. But uh, he was arrested and charged with trying to extort 20 million out of Nike. 
The feds claimed he told Nike's legal team that if they didn't pay him between 15 and 25 million, he would hold a news conference and allege misconduct by employees. And it had to do with like paying players, that kind of thing. Yes. Playing college That's basketball right. he was players. Blow the whistle. Yes, he was. So uh, prosecutors uh, alleged that Nike scheme played out over the course of a few days back in March. They said he uh, Avenatti repped an AAU coach whose team had just lost a Nike sponsorship worth $72,000 a year. So I think they were down a little money and trying to figure out a way to make some back. But he's facing fraud charges after prosecutors in California claim he embezzled client money to cover expenses for his coffee corporation. So he can't stop taking money from people. And it's funny because when he was representing Stormy Daniel, Stormy Dan Daniels, Daniels yeah. during that whole thing, I never got any other impression that he was a, a nice guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's also in, uh, indicted for allegedly stealing money from her. Real? Oh, yeah. that's right. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Like, he yeah. can't stop. Yeah. Like, didn't you go to law and, school? And, and none of this <laughs> surprises anybody. <laughs> I guess not. Anybody. You're now a gangster. You went uh, to law school at one point. What the hell happened to you? All right. You've heard of Drake, rapper. See, well, I'm more of a singer. Of course. Yep. He took full advantage of the Toronto Dodgers. Raptors fan? Yeah, being, well, he's a fan of everybody. Canadian fella. He's a fan of, like, the yeah. hottest team. He annoys me. Yeah, yeah. He's in the, he's in the, uh, the insurance commercial now. Uh, yeah, he is. That's it's right. CP3 or somebody? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this might annoy you a little more. So he yeah, set up a date annoying. on the field at Dodger Stadium with his girlfriend. There was a white tablecloth, multiple dishes, just him and his girlfriend in the entire Dodger Stadium. Flowers, a personal bartender for the couple. Um, I was thinking, I brought taco time home for my wife last weekend. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do. I ain't no, we ain't no dates at Dodger Stadium. But oh, God. to be fair to him, it turns out he didn't actually rent it. A source with the team tells us that uh, his date night was all made possible thanks to a substantial donation he made to the Los Angeles Dodgers Foundation. The, so there you the, go. The Drake story that I'll share with you, and 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 I have to leave the the name of the person out of it. Oh, but um, in New York, in New York City, with the highfalutin, high-priced crowd. Okay. Guys who throw bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs for their kids' families often will go overboard in hiring entertainment. Gotcha. And I happen to know of an incident, an incident's, incident's not the right word, example, many, many years ago. I'm not going to tell you who it was because the, na the name of the guy, is, he's pretty famous. But okay. he wanted to hire some entertainment to come in to perform at the bar mitzvah party for his bat mitzvah party for his daughter. This God. is this has got to be 15 years ago, maybe 20 years. Ago. Okay. 15, 20 years ago. And she wanted Kanye West to perform. Oh. <laughs> her bar mitzvah. Do you have a second choice? <laughs> I mean, God, we're going to well, go Apparently bro. this this particular celebrity, yeah. Um, looked into Kanye West and called and okay. found out that Kanye's price was just too, I think it I don't know what it was, a couple million dollars to come do a couple songs. Okay. He wanted a couple million dollars. Sounds about right. So he settled for a little known act called Drake. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Drake came and performed. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I know people who were at that bat mitzvah. Oh, really? Yeah. God, that must be keeping up with the Joneses. Just oh, crazy. There used to be a show called My Super Sweet 16 or something like that where these rich parents are throwing these extravagant birthday parties. Oh, God. I said no to Hit Explosion. At ours. <laughs> They're all like 70 right now, aren't they? Hit Explosion. <laughs> hit Explosion. I said, I said no to the guy on the corner who yeah. plays the ukulele. Yeah, I almost had... I um, didn't say no to Kanye West, but I said no to him. I was this close to pulling the trigger on Cookie Jar... <laughs> from uh, down in Vegas for our wedding reception. 
<laughs> you ever seen Cook E Jar? No. You know anything about him? No, I don't even know what that is. Oh, Cook yeah. E Jar is like you would be fascinated with him because he's like the really? last of a dying Brilliant. lounge singer breed. Oh, Cookie Jar. His first name is Cook. Yeah. Middle initial is E. <laughs> Last name is Jar. It's on his birth certificate. Don't even question it. He used to be Cookie Jar and the Crumbs. So he, he, that was his band's name. He tried for a while to make it in like, you know, as a musician. Uh... And then he realized one day he just liked singing to other people's shit better. So he would just set up like a speaker, a PA, and he would he would do his version of like in the club by Fifty Cent to to you know sugar pie. Oh, oh what, what, why can't I have? I, I gotta say, I like that. But you gotta see him too. He permanently tan. Oh, with this awful black hair with like bangs oh. and oh, he's he's got double rings on fingers. How did you not get him to perform at your wedding? I, I literally looked into it, but it was running a little tight. The funds, you know, weddings aren't cheap. So I, I yeah, I think he was like fifteen grand or something, but. Oh. It would have been incredible. Can we get him on the show to sing on the show? Would he, he come on? He would come on. But Can the, we get Cookie Jar on the show? No, but the, the thing that's that Do I we feel, not want Cookie. No, no, Jar you want it. You you got to you got to hear his voice. Can you get him on the show? Can he you book him? Or kinda is it has a, a voice like this. It's it's but like co- like uh, like Cookie Monster. Like Cookie Monster. <laughs> but he'll do like Oscar. he'll do any song that you, like, you can. Oh, think of. I got to get Cookie Jar on the show. So I went and saw Please. him. Last time I saw him was 2003, and it was packed. People love him because he's like I never even heard of him. And it's 2003, and he's like plugging. Bigger than Danny Gans? <laughs> I don't think he has an underground bunker like Danny Gans had in his house with a soccer field. I don't yeah. know if you heard that story or not. But, no. but Cookie's like plugging in his own like amp. There's no roadies. He's like lugging shit around on stage. He's got like a, he's got something called a, uh, he's got a tip jar. It says feed the jar, J-A-R-R. Yeah, brilliant, right? And he's up there, and he'll do the same song twice. He doesn't give a shit. But he, people love it. And he builds the thing up, and then they let him go. Because ha- I've been following his career. So he'll be successful on like a Wednesday night at, you know, the Sahara or something. And then it'll be big, and they think, well, we don't need him because people are coming now. And then they'll let him go, and he has to, fi- he has to, he has to keep doing this. It's, it's a crazy life that he's Can led. Can we please have okay. Cookie Jar on right. our show? I, I, hope he's, I hope he's still with us. I, I oh, haven't checked lately. Yeah. But he was like. I just want him to sing a few numbers. Oh, it's, it's brilliant, dude. I, but, and you have to see him. Like it's oh I can't see him on a podcast. But it's it's both. I mean, you okay. can put a post a picture. We're having okay. this guy on. He's I have okay. a picture with him somewhere. Maybe I'll tweet it out. Me, okay. him, and uh, Little Shapiro. <laughs> okay. Because we're both like a, kind of obsessed Very with him good. in a weird way. Very anyway, good. Cookie Very Jar. Good. All right, last one. Classic Atari twenty six hundred game Air Raid was found at a Goodwill in North Central Texas and later sold for thirteen thousand dollars for a, an any for a, uh, a Atari twenty six hundred video game. Thirteen grand. Someone donated it to a Goodwill. An old box. You remember the Atari? The first of course, one. I wasn't allowed to have it. That's right. Pong only, right? Pong only. So some some person just donated a big box of old Atari games. No one plays that shit. Yeah. But one of the guys who works there, his dad's like an expert on, for some reason on classic video games. Yeah. His dad went, You want to keep that one. So the employee pulled it out, sold it, but then donated the money back to the Goodwill. So what made that one so rare and <sighs> and in demand? Dude? Only thirteen copies still known to exist. Okay. And there you go. Okay. All right. I got one final one, if, if you'll allow. Sure. At sure. some point. Sure. An Ohio State Highway Anytime. Patrol trooper successfully performed the Heimlich maneuver after a man allegedly attempted to swallow a bag of cannabis when he was pulled over for speeding. <laughs> Ohio State Police Sergeant Ray Santiago said the traffic stop occurred on July 3rd in Portage County. 
He conducted the traffic stop for a vehicle that was allegedly traveling at 94 miles per hour in a 70 mile an hour zone. Dash camera video posted to the Ohio State Police Twitter account shows Hoskin asking if the driver could breathe before helping him out of the car and performing the, Heim- the Heimlich maneuver on him. The man expelled a bag of marijuana oh, and then apologized to the apologized to the officer for it. So the officer had no idea what he was what he was choking up. No clue. Just he, when he was he noticed him. the guy just didn't look right. Yeah. Something was wrong here. Yeah. So he does the Heimlich and a big bag of weed comes <laughs> popping out of his mouth. After the man recovered, Hoskins oh, said oh he literally said to the guy, "Where do you get these? Do you want to die over a minor misdemeanor?" <laughs> like. Honestly, is it that worth it? A marijuana possession? What? Yeah. You know, not it's the biggest. It's not like you had an Uzi in your Lamborghini. Exactly right. Yes, the man received <laughs> citations for speeding and failing to wear a seatbelt, according to Santiago. He also received a summons for marijuana, which is still illegal in Ohio, and was released at the scene. And the driver has since started a new marijuana campaign called "Toke Don't Choke." You know, I was some. I sometimes <laughs> long for the good old days when people had common sense. You know. Back when people knew the best place to hide drugs was up their bum. You know, I was reading a little bit about the Heimlich maneuver today, and I didn't realize people actually use it during those intimate times. Oh, oh crap. Sorry. That says Heimlich. My bad. Never mind. Oh, and finally, yeah. who'd have... How could I not do that old joke? And Come finally, on. who'd have thought driving... go there. Who'd have thought driving 94 miles an hour without a seatbelt on, on a holiday weekend holding illegal drugs wasn't the dumbest thing that guy would do that day. <laughs> See, I ended it clean. Hopefully you'll forget about the one before. That's that's my move. Episode 149, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is now in the books.